Hi guys, welcome and welcome back to the podcast. I've been meaning to watch that. I am your host, Monica, and we're joining again. New week, new topic, new guest. And this week we are joined with a returning guest of the pod. Everyone say hi to Jocelyn. Hi. Hi. Great to be back again. Yes. So happy to have you back. Uh, It's been some time now, but we, she has returned guys. And we're going to be talking about the Hulu show, black cake it is based off of a novel of the same name um produced by the own network and before we dive into that we're gonna dive into our first segment which is now gonna be called media mania we talk about some new releases and some new um, entertainment news that is coming out and as many of you guys know the writer's strike ended which is wonderful which is great very happy to see that writer's actor strike did end and as a result of that, there have been a lot of things going on in the entertainment industry. A lot of interesting things. Um, one thing that a lot of people have noticed is that a lot of shows that are helmed by Black creators or Black actors have been getting canceled. And a lot of those shows did get canceled at the beginning of the year, but there have been some cancellations that have been announced closer to the end of the actor strike. And a lot of people have seen that this slew of cancellations the sweep of cancellations is very reflective and very similar to the cancellation of black shows that happened after the first actor strike you know still not over that one yeah <laughs> it's really i never got the end of girlfriends <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh and it sucks because one of my favorite shows that became a casualty of the strike was a grand crew and okay I love that show. Did you ever watch Grand Crew? I think you did. Yeah, I was late to it because when I told my audience that it was canceled, everyone was like, oh my God, I love the show. I love the show. And I was like, oh, I got to watch the show. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, I see. I see why you guys are upset. That was a good one. Yeah, it actually was a pretty good show. And it is very disappointing that it was canceled because it was a lot of fun and it had a lot of like newer actors on the mm-hmm. show. A lot of newer comedians. And it was yes. only two seasons. Yeah, that's the thing that really sucks. And it was it was like a prime NBC comedy. I feel like it was very like quintessential. I think it really did like hold a lot of interesting moments for like black millennials. And I loved the show. I found it to be my comfort show for a while. And I was yeah, mainly just I happy. enjoyed it when I got to watch it. When mm-hmm. everyone told me about it and I finally watched it, I was like, Oh, I see why you guys like this. It was funny, it was cute. I like Nicole Murphy's character. Yeah. Um, it was very black millennial and you don't mm-hmm. have a lot of those shows so no no you don't and i'm really sad that it got canceled and there were some other ones that got canceled as well um there's one show that was it really didn't get canceled it was just that it never really made it to the production phase and it was a sammy davis jr limited series on hulu and elijah kelly was supposed to be the lead in that show and Lee Daniels was meant to be like the showrunner and Mm -hmm. apparently Hulu had decided not to move forward with the limited series so now 20th television is going to try and like shop the project around to other buyers to see if other people want to you know I do not know about this but I heard of another show that this happened to so I'm not surprised but do Mm -hmm. you know how far in production they've gotten because I've heard of shows that have gotten canceled like after they've made episodes and they're just like we're just not going to release this I'm like, well, you already got there. So. Yeah. 
I don't understand. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah, you are seeing a lot of a lot of shows just get canceled after the writer's strike, which is really unfortunate because there was a lot of good shows I think people were waiting on. Um, mm-hmm. And those cancellation newses are really coming in hard for people. People are really sad about Grand Crew. And yeah. what was the other one? Zayway's, Zayway's show on Max? Yeah. Is that, I, that one? I think it's Zayway. She was on Showtime. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Zayway show on Max, it got canceled. It was on Showtime. Showtime. Yeah. Yeah. I the think Z-Way, I think she got, I think her show got canceled before the writer's strike. So was I think it? it was like, it was like at the beginning of this year. Okay. Yeah. Timing's all mixed up, but still, <laughs> too many shows are getting canceled and then we're getting other seasons of shows that are like, okay, I guess. <laughs> that, it's that thing that they pick. Mm-hmm. It is very interesting when you see which shows continue on, even though you look at that show and it's like, oh, people are watching this? Like, do you actually yeah, like this? Like six or something. Like, mm. Wow. Interesting. It is very disappointing to see it. Um, I think with the Sammy Davis Jr. one, they had already had eight episodes written. But it doesn't look like anything was filmed as of yet. They already had, like, the team of people to direct and executive produce the show. And they already had their writers and their showrunner picked. So it looked like everything was kind of, like, in place for them to start filming. But Hulu, I guess, decided to do, like, a reverse... Throw a reverse card on the table. It was like, psych, actually, we don't want it. So... I wonder what... They was chosen over it. Like, what did they go with instead? Because that would have been a good story. You know, I, I haven't heard that story before. It's not mm-hmm. like they would be making. I've seen with I've, lately. I've seen repeats of stories a couple of times. So I would have thought that would have been something new and exciting with, you know, good actors. Mm-hmm. Lee Daniels is a big a big showrunner. That's important name right there. So yeah, yeah, he definitely is. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what was chosen over it. I've been seeing a lot of the new stuff on Hulu, and some of it looks interesting. Some of it just kind of looks okay. Like, I think there's one show, there's like a murder mystery show they have. Mm Mm-hmm. The Murder at the End of the World. Mm Mm-hmm. That one's pretty good. Okay. I've been seeing people either say, like, it's really good or some people saying, like, this show is awful. <laughs> I don't know why anyone was watching this. Like, I don't understand half of what was going on. So. I could see that. Yeah. Uh, it's definitely a slow murder mystery that's, like, taking its time to get there. Uh, mm. But if you can deal with that, you might like it. Oh, yeah. I love a slow burn. But they have had a couple shows that are movies. And I'm just like, why did y'all make this? <laughs> like, yeah. This was not good at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, but. You know, we'll see what comes out. What's next for them? I'm excited um, to see what's coming in 2024. There is a lot coming out in 2024. And apparently there are, like, uh, executives that believe that there's going to be, like, a whole avalanche of, like, writer's pitches coming in their inboxes now that the strike is over. And I feel like that may happen, but also may not happen. Because even though people are have to eat and they have to work and they'll want to work in their industry they may be hesitant to pitch to the same studios they were before since a lot of them kind of like 
showed their true colors during the strike and were exactly supportive of the people that really helped them make the living that they make. Mm-hmm. So I guess I'll have to wait and see what happens. Yeah, and I wonder what production companies they are going to move towards. Is it going to be more indie films? Is it going to be, like, I think A24 is one that was a production company that was okay with following the rules during track. I think that's the one. They got, like, mm-hmm. approval earlier. Yeah. Because um, they were willing to follow whatever they put out there. But yeah, I would, I would be interested to see who they move towards. Because a lot of production companies, a lot of these films are coming from the same big platforms or production companies. So if they're moving towards something different, I think that would open a lot of doors for people. Yeah, that is true. A24 was one of the standout studios that was approved. There were a few other ones, but I think that they were like smaller studios. They weren't really like big house names like A24. Um, So it will be interesting to see. And I'm not really sure that they should expect a lot of like a huge avalanche of pitches coming their way since a lot of shows that were helmed by black creatives have been canceled and a lot mm-hmm. of shows in general were just canceled during the strike because some people in Hollywood got a little panicked and they I feel like there were a bunch of shows that they weren't really counting on renewing they felt like canceling it during the strike was just like the safer bet to do it. You know, shows like A League of Their Own. Um, there was a lot of news around A League of Their Own because season two was um, announced to be its last season for that show. But then they said that it would only have four episodes and each episode was supposed to be like an hour and a half or like two hours long or something like that to give it like that final season. And then they ended up canceling the show regardless, which is really disappointing because it was a well-liked show and it was well-reviewed and it was a really good show. But unfortunately, A League of Their Own isn't The Boys or Invincible or Reacher, so. Yeah, they love action. Prime Video loves the action film TV show. That's like their, that's their sweet spot, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they definitely did cancel that one. Um, I'm surprised because I watched that first season as well. And they did. It, like, kept changing. Like, it was like they were doing season two. Then they're not doing season two. Then it's mm-hmm. short. And it was just like, well, I guess it's not happening at all now. So, yeah, I think they lost a big audience. I would That goes back to I would just love who, to know who's making these decisions sometimes. Because it's yeah. like they put so much energy and emphasis. Prime video in general does a weird job of marketing because they put so much emphasis on shows like the boys but then they have this show called the english with emily blunt and like i feel like they never told anybody about it so it's just like they they pick and choose what they want to put out and it seems to be the same thing um and when they do try something different it never really lasts too long the only thing i think about is maybe the marvelous mrs nasal but i feel like when that really caught up to people it was over so well, the Marvels, I think that was one of the first Prime shows that people actually knew about. Okay. Yeah. Which is why it was so popular. Also, Marvelous Miss Maisel was created by the same people who created Gilmore Girls. And it had the same humor as Gilmore Girls. So I mm-hmm. think that's what lended to its success. Yeah, but Prime just canceled Riches. Did you watch yes. that? Yes. I didn't I watch Riches yet. Because I was looking forward to a season. I was like, and it, I feel like this first se- season was only like six six episodes or something like that. Really? It was, 
it was like six to eight. It wasn't that long. So for it to be canceled, oh, I was looking forward to that one. Wow. I was really looking forward to that one. I do. I did. I was meaning, I have been meaning to watch Riches for a while. Um, it is really disappointing that that got canceled. I am glad that Harlem got renewed because a lot of people have told me a lot of good things about that show. And yeah. I think that's another show that I'm going to start getting into. Um, but you're right that Prime Video does have show, they tend to show favoritism to certain shows they have on their platform and then other shows that they have on there they just kind of like ignore and push mm -hmm. to the side and those are like... the ones those are the good ones the really good ones mm -hmm. have you yeah. um heard of the show called them i on have Prime heard about that show yeah that was that was one i wasn't sure if they were going to renew or not they did end up getting a season two and it should be coming out next year um okay. which i was surprised about but very good show, but a lot of people don't talk about it. And it's a all black, theme, well, it's a black themed storyline. So do you remember when that show was first announced? I think I watched that show late. Okay. Or, I think it came out like 2019, 2020, something like that. Mm -hmm. But when it came out, I watched it after it came out. So when that was actually announced, a lot of people accused Lena Waithe of plagiarism because it came out right after us. And it had like a similar poster to us and also like kind of like similar vibes to it. And then when the show did come out, a lot of people didn't have that many positive things to say about it because they felt like a lot of it felt like she was using like black trauma for like plot reasons or a lot of things felt very, um, I don't know how to say this, but it felt like a lot was going on in the show. Cause I remember, yes. yeah. Mm -hmm. Very traumatizing. <laughs> I mean, I, it's been a while since I've talked about that show or thought about that show, if I'm being honest. Yeah, because it came out so long ago. That's why I was surprised they gave it a season two when I saw I was like, oh, because I know I watched it late. So I know it came out more than three years ago. Mm -hmm. So we'll see. But I did not know about that part of it. I think I've looked up like the writers and stuff on it before but not too much into it mm -hmm. the lady who's in that is also in riches which is why i think i watched riches yeah. <laughs> deborah i think her name is yes yeah the lady who was in that show was in riches and then shahidi wright was in it and i think the lead actor in black cake was also in the show as well in them yeah in them yeah, he was. Mm -hmm. Okay. I yeah. It's supposed to be like a race horror show, I think. Yeah. That's definitely the best way to say that. <laughs> definitely the best way to classify that one. Mm -hmm. It was intense. I wasn't, I think I went in, maybe because I didn't really hear about it, I went in not expecting anything from that show. Mm -hmm. And when I got through it, I was like, wow, that was a lot. That was heavy. Mm -hmm. but it was I, think, I think that uh, Lena Waithe has this very interesting way of writing just writing in general because her episode on um, Master of None the Thanksgiving episode it's very well done like it's one of my favorite episodes of television and she won an, a Golden Globe for it which she definitely deserves but when I watch her other works um, gosh 
when I, okay, the movie that she did with Daniel Kaluuya, I'm trying to remember the name of the film, but it keeps escaping me. It's like Slim. Oh, Queen and Slim. Queen and Slim, yeah. Queen and Slim is a lot similar to them because it felt like unnecessarily graphic at certain times. It was supposed to be like a black um, Thelma and Louise, or but it was like, um, or a black Bonnie and Clyde movie, I guess is a better um, metaphor for it. But it feels like a lot of times she uses social commentary a little too heavily in her works, especially in like Queen and Slim. And it doesn't feel like it's lending to the story really. It feels like we're doing a lot of things for a shock value and to show like how like, obviously how terrible the world is, but in a way where it's very, very, very graphic. And sometimes it feels a little exploitative. And I also hate the ending of Queen and Slim. And a lot of things happen in that movie where I'm just kind of like, mm, we could have cut some things, we could have rewritten some things, or we could have done something else. Like, I love Daniel Kaluuya. He's a wonderful actor. But I really feel like this is one of the, I feel like this is one of the scripts, he, when he got it, he should have just left it. He should have been like, you know what? Really? Thank you so much. You I'm a pass. You I was, not a fan. I was not a fan. You were not a fan. <laughs> yeah. And I was going to watch them because I was kind of like, well, maybe I should just watch it and just see what it's about. And a friend of mine told me just the general plot of what happens in the show and the things that she saw. And I was like, yeah, that's not for me. I can't take that. Yeah. And you didn't like Queen and Slim. Definitely do not watch them. <laughs> so that one is like times 10. 10. Yeah. That one is very intense to watch and sit through. Ugh. The whole thing. Once you figure out what's going on, yeah, you're like, and it just gets worse and worse and worse. But oh. it's definitely a story told in a way that I haven't seen before, mm. I think. I mean, I'm always happy for Black creatives getting the chance to tell stories their way, but I feel mm. like there is a certain way to tell a story. And I never want to, like, critique someone in the way they want to present certain things. But if you're presenting it in a way where it feels like you're doing a lot and things just feel like, you know, we could which, pull back which a little bit. Of Queen and Slim felt like they could have been edited or, like, rewritten to you. It's been a while since I watched the movie. So if I'm misremembering, yeah, yeah. mis misremembering please let me know. Thanks. There is a scene where they're at a protest and then there's a juxtaposition to the two leads having sex in a car. Okay. Yeah. That scene, when I was watching it in the theater, I was like, I feel hmm. like there's something that's supposed to be deep here. But I... <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> It wasn't, it didn't feel deep to me. It felt like wrong. <laughs> it no, was so bad. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna have to go back and watch that movie again. It's definitely <laughs> been a minute since I've seen that. But I, I remember enjoying it. But I know a lot of people, like it was mixed. It got mixed reviews. Like some people liked it. Some people was like, people were like, no, thank you. I don't want to see that ever again, so. Yeah. Um. I mean, I... Genuinely, I do think that Lena, Lena Waithe is a very talented writer. Uh, I mean, I don't know what else to say, really. She's kind of been like under the radar for a while, which is like kind of understandable. So, 
season two of them when that comes out hopefully it gets better i don't know it might get worse yeah that was that was another <laughs> thing i was interested to see what season two was going to even do after season one like is it going to be a whole different story is this going to be like you can't continue what i just saw in season one that would no no one's going to watch that again so hmm. i do wonder what it's going to be like so we'll see <laughs> From what I heard about the show Them, I'm surprised that it got a season two, if I'm being honest. Same. When I saw that season two was being worked on, I was like, wow, that's not when I expected them to continue Mm. of all the shows that they put out. Mm. Yeah. I mean, good for Lita. I'm glad that she's, I'm glad that she's working, at least. Yeah. Yeah. I always take more from Black creators. Whatever y'all got, I'm going to watch. (laughs) <laughs> I'm just gonna give it a chance. Alright, I'll give it a shot. Yeah. And then there's also the show Winning Time. Um, the Rise <laughs> of the Lakers Dynasty that was also cancelled on HBO. Yeah, I heard about that. That was it only got two seasons as well. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's up with that. I think that maybe enough people weren't watching it, maybe. I don't know. I doubt that not enough people are watching it because it's literally a sports show. Like, yeah, I thought it was a really good story. Like the way they were telling it was good too. Mm-hmm. And it was, I mean, it's a story people know. And I feel like we're in that phase of like sports documentaries and like learning about all our favorite lives and like getting all those behind the scenes interviews. So mm-hmm. I would have thought it would have lasted longer, especially because magic was just starting out when the show started. So mm-hmm. they had a lot of room to keep going. Yeah. It looks like there was a dip um, from season one to season two in terms of viewership. Mm-hmm. So that may have been why it got canceled. But really, when it comes to like these show cancellations, we can't always rely on viewership to be the reason why. Because yeah, Netflix... Cause... Sorry, go ahead. No, no, I was going to agree with you. Yeah, that doesn't make sense to do it that way. Yeah, because Netflix actually just released their numbers for viewership between um, January 2023 and June 2023. And I actually started going through the Excel sheet and I was just looking through because I literally was like, I'm looking up every single show they've canceled this year and I'm going to see why they got canceled. And every single show that got canceled, there's no reason for a viewership to be a a, a reason like a valid excuse to cancel the show like shadow and bone get canceled during the writer's strike but i know shadow and bone was the most viewed show on netflix because it's based of a very 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 popular book series it's also one of the most expensive shows that netflix has because i watched that show and it's expensive all right the show looks good i know they spent so much money on that and mm-hmm. also, like, it's a beloved show. Like, it has a huge fan base. So, of course, adaptations have, like, that built-in fan base you can have. But to cancel the show after, like, two seasons didn't really make sense because there was still so much story to tell. So I feel like they need to come up with better excuses or, like... Or, like, be, be like, honest. Yeah. Why are you canceling this? Yeah, Because we like the show. Yeah. And you would think they would keep the shows that we like to get the viewership, but... That's interesting because you looked at it and lo- looked at the viewership. Like, why are you canceling this? It can't be this reason. Hmm. That's interesting. 
Yeah, because I remember when they canceled, when Netflix canceled um, Midnight Club, and that's a Mike Flanagan show. And Mike Flanagan is a very, very popular TV writer and director, and all of his Netflix shows are very popular. And when I saw how many people viewed Midnight Club, it was like millions of people. I think like, I don't remember the exact number, I'd have to look at the Excel sheet, but what I do remember is that Midnight Club was just under Is It Cake season one. And I was sitting here like, so you guys greenlit another season of that stupid show that literally looks at Instagram clips and then turns it and makes it into real life, but you canceled the Mike Flanagan joint. I don't understand. Yeah. Who was making all of these decisions? Why would you cancel the shows that we like and keep the ones that are just like they so are. random? Yeah. I don't so, even know who's watching these things. Like... There's so many shows that are on TV and I'm like, who is watching this? Like, who is still watching this? <laughs> wow, is this show on TV right now? Like, how you have multiple seasons? Every time I go on your page and I see all the things that you're watching, I'm like, I can't keep up. I can't do it. I can't do it. It's a lot. It's so weird because it's like, that's how I've always watched TV. Like, mm-hmm. Mondays and Tuesdays, I don't have a lot, like, com- comes on TV, so I'll just watch something new. I just finished Yellow Jackets, finally, like, mm-hmm. Housewives comes on tonight, and then I just I just always watch them. The Buccaneers came on today. I just can go through my little list. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. It does suck when shows that we love get canceled. It is pretty unfortunate. I do think that studios should be a lot more transparent behind their decision-making. Because how are you supposed to retain any of your subscribers if they yeah. don't have anything to watch? Yeah, that's a complaint I see a lot in my comments, actually. Like, if I recommend a show, they'll be like, I'm not watching it because I know it's <laughs> not going to give me another season. And I'm like, Damn, don't watch it. They're really not going to give us another season. Then like, it's really, really going to be canceled. So people are upset that we're, they're canceling their shows, definitely. Because when you really think about it, how many new shows do you see getting past four seasons? You know? Uh, out of the grand scheme of things, not a lot. Not a lot. Because you get a lot of those like one, two season shows mm-hmm. over and over again every year. Yeah. And some things that uh, there's, I think sometimes what they do, which I also think they did with Black Cake, they like test the waters with the first season so that they leave it open enough to like, we can make this a limited series or we can keep this going, you know? And Mm -hmm. I don't always love that because it really leaves it open-ended sometimes, but I think that's what they're starting to move towards, a more open season on things, especially with the first seasons. Yeah. It's very clear that when they start these shows, they're kind of just like leaving enough loose threads that there's a season two, like you can anticipate it, or wrapping it enough, wrapping everything up enough that if there's just mm-hmm. one season, they're not too upset about it. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I've heard things being made into limited series because they didn't give it a season two. And I'm like, well, that's not a limited series. A limited series no. is a story that's a short story. You're only getting yeah. this much of it. But it's not really a limited series. If you turn it into a limited series, you just don't want to give a season two now. Like, that's not the same thing. Mm-hmm. Like, Little Fires Everywhere, that's a limited series on Hulu. Because it's just That is a like, real limited series. Yeah, that's a real limited series. And actually, there was one show that I watched on Netflix called School Spirits. And 
I think that it was originally on Paramount. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's on Paramount Plus. And when I saw it on Netflix, it's kind of like, hmm, that's strange. But I didn't watch the show. It's very, very good. It's honestly one of my favorite new shows I've seen. Um, have you seen School Spirits? Yes, I did. Okay. I watched it when it was on Paramount Plus. Uh-huh. And very much enjoyed it. I was I was surprised. I was like, oh, this is not what I was expecting this yes. to be. And I'm finding myself like wanting the next episode. Yes. So, yes. I liked it. it I loved good. it. It was very, and very good. I believe they gave it a season two on Paramount Plus. So maybe eventually Netflix. But I think it got season two. Yeah, it did get a season that two on Paramount Plus. That too. Yeah. The interesting thing is that I had heard that the show got canceled on Paramount. And then when I saw it on Netflix, I said, I thought, oh, so Netflix picked it up. But then when I watched the show, it still said Paramount, like a Paramount series. I was like, okay, that's fine. Because it's the same thing that happened with you. Because you was mm-hmm. on Net- Lifetime and then Netflix picked it up. And there was a Netflix series. So I was like, that's fine. That's okay. You know, because when you watch season one of you, there's like barely any cursing and they're like breaks for commercials. I didn't, know that. I, didn't I don't think I knew that you was on Lifetime and then it, Netflix picked it up. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I know. It's wild. It also makes Did sense. Did Lifetime like drop it or something? It was canceled on Lifetime. Wow. I to know be- you're sad about that. The thing is, a lot of shows on Lifetime don't last. The only Lifetime show... I don't know. But the only Lifetime show I know that lasted was the show Unreal. And that was kind of like a satire on The Bachelor. And the show is actually helmed by someone who used to work on The Bachelor. And the show was apparently a little too realistic and so good that people who still work in The Bachelor and I think Chris Hansen, his name is, spoke out about the show saying like, oh, this show is an overdramatization. It's not real. It's sensationalized. Like they don't know anything. With, they don't know what they're talking about. It's like, girl, she used to be on set with you. What do you mean? Yeah, she knows exactly what's happening. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all the tea. Mm-hmm. Listen, we see what's happening with The Golden Bachelor. You can't fool us. Your show is messy. That's one I never watch. I'm not a dating show person like that. So, <laughs> Love is Blind, I will watch. That's it, though. Really? I've never watched Bachelor. So I, like, stay away from it a lot. But I do think yeah. I'd be interested to see it from, like, the viewpoint of the people working there. Because I know it's, like, you talking people up a lot and, like, making them mad, probably. You know, as a producer, you're kind of, like, trying to stir the pot. I feel like that's what mm-hmm. you would get. So I yeah. feel like I want to look that up. Unreal? Yes. I'm gonna look that one up. I think it's on Hulu. That's where I first watched it. I just got Hulu for myself. Yeah. It is interesting um, with School Spirits. I didn't know that it had a season two. I thought that was canceled. But when I did look it up, I saw that it had season two on Paramount. So I was thinking, mm-hmm. like, is it on Paramount and Netflix now? Like, is that what we're doing? We're letting shows be on two networks now? Like, two streaming services? Netflix is literally taking over i think that's my theory it's my new theory netflix is taking over because they're taking shows from like a lot of other people that were exclusive to those channels and like letting people watch them again which is a brilliant idea but i feel like that's hard to do but Mm -hmm. i think they're going to keep doing it like they'll just release it on paramount plus and then eventually it'll just come to netflix because i guess there has to be some type of backdoor deal as to them getting residuals off that like but that's a lot. Like you said, you just watched it because it was on Netflix. You didn't watch it mm-hmm. when it's on Paramount. That opens a whole new door for them. Like, it's a big deal. 
Netflix is really yeah. taking over. I know that Netflix and HBO have like a licensing deal where some HBO shows could be a Netflix. And that's how I watched the show called Starstruck. It's like, it's a show about a woman who has a one night stand with the action star and they kind of follow their like situationship. And I think it's an Australian show. It's actually very, very good. It's very wholesome, romantic comedy. It reminds me of like romantic comedy, but like actually romance and actual comedy. Not like romantic comedy and they throw some drama in there. It's like, no girl, I want lighthearted fun. Okay. You said it's on Netflix now? I'm not sure if it's on Netflix because when I was watching it, I had a VPN. So I think it's, it is on Hulu. No, not Hulu, Max. It's on Max. It's called Starstruck, and I love it. It's one of my favorite shows. Add it to the list. Bro. <laughs> watch. I'm telling you, the, the list will never run out. There's so many things I still haven't watched or I find. Mm. The list. You just reminded me I have to watch Yellow Jackets. That's been on my list forever. Oh, my gosh. I, I had Showtime, so I, like, watched half the first season, and then somehow I lost it. So I didn't get to always – I didn't get to finish it all the way through. But I am done now, and, oh, my gosh. I got crazy. If you crazy. did like yellow jackets, have you seen The Wilds on Amazon? Yes. Okay. Yes. The first season was great. The second season was okay. And then they canceled mm. it. So. Yeah. I feel like the third that season would have been interesting. Another prime video show out the door. Yeah. <laughs> Very disappointing. They also canceled Paper Girls, which I never got around to watching, but I think it was similar to The Wilds. No, but I've heard very good things about that show. Like, on people's like favorite shows ever list. Mm-hmm. So I would like it's on it's on my list to watch one day. Because mm-hmm. that was that was an earlier two thousand show, wasn't it? Paper Girls. Yeah, maybe I'm thinking about something different. I think you are because it was the show that I think it got released the same time the Wilds did. Oh. All I remember is that Ali Wong is in the show. That's what really made me want to watch. I'm a fan. She's yes. funny. She's hilarious. I was on show. What's she have? It's show Beef on Netflix earlier this year. Oh my gosh, year? Beef! Oh. I watched it. She was in it, but then I was like, "This is the craziest thing I've ever Literally, seen." Literally, when I watch Beef, when I say that's the best show that came out this year, I don't know how you write a show like that. It is honestly phenomenal. And the thing I love the most about the show was when the guys started going to the church. Because there are so many, this is something that people don't talk about a lot, but like men in church have this weird like underlying anger sometimes. And it's not something that I've experienced, thank goodness. But a lot of times people will come to church to have like this huge like arc of like redemption within themselves, but they never really like work through what they like have brewing in their minds. They just kind of like start going to services and start participating and they put on a farce and they put on an image and they start acting and then they feel like that is enough to fix what's going on with them. And then you can see it in like Steven Yeun's character when he's acting with like Justin Min and the two of them like act off each other. I'm just like, this? <laughs> this, is masterful. this is, this is, <laughs> I don't know what y'all did. But Beef when they... is a good one. That was another one they released, and it's kind of like, do we give it a season two? Do we not give it a season two? We'll test the waters. I can't imagine what season two would look like because season one was so epic. 
But also there was some controversy about one of the actors in the show. Yeah, the the friend. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that it was the clip, but also like the handling of the controversy that kind of like didn't help it along. Mm-hmm. So with season two, if it does get greenlit for season two and that does come out, I think that's definitely going to resurface again. Like, you know, people are going to talk yeah, about that again. Like, not maybe, I don't know, but I could, I would be okay if it got left alone. It was a, that was a season. That was a full season. And I think it was only like, it wasn't even that many episodes, I don't think, but. No. It was, that was a wild story. Some shows only need one season. Yeah. Agreed. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm not mad because, but they don't announce it as that. That's why they just test the waters and see, but I do think that ended up being like, you can't top that. It's not going to get, I don't even know what season two would be about. okay the last thing i did want to talk about was jimmy fox had made a surprise appearance at the critics choice awards um it was the first public appearance his first public outing since his sudden hospitalization in april and he was honored with the vanguard award for his acclaimed performance in the burial for prime video and he also starred in Netflix's They Clone Tyrone, which earned him a Gotham Award nomination last month. And I did love They Clone Tyrone. That's actually one of my yeah, favorite really movies to come out this year. Same. It's on my list of, like, my top ten. Easily top ten. Also, was- new director? Like, wow. Absolutely killed it. Yeah. Absolutely. I was, I was, and I think that one came out. Didn't that come out during the strike? That came out, I think like, so, like close to the beginning of the strike, that's when it was released. I feel like it didn't get the hype it deserved because it no. came out during the strike. But yeah. I, I know a lot of people did watch it. I, I will say a lot of people have seen it, but it, I feel like it wasn't talked about the way it needed to be talked about because the strike was going on. And that's really disappointing because Netflix had pushed the movie out to June mm-hmm. and it was supposed to be released earlier this year. Which, if they just released yeah. it when it was supposed to be released... Then, then it would have been out there. Yeah. Oof. It would yeah, have gotten the praise yeah. it deserves. He, uh, Jamie Foxx did excellent in that movie. But Jamie Foxx always does excellent. Like, he's yes. an excellent actor, singer. Yes. He's, he can do it all. He's a phenomenal performer. He's one of our I'm best. I'm happy to see him back out. Because those stories were all up and down and everywhere in between. So I'm happy to see with my own eyes that he's out talking back to making movies promoting movies at least you know mm-hmm. I, I feel like did not know what's happening i think everything surrounding him being suddenly hospitalized really i was only going to be listening to any kind of messages from the family like anything anyone else was saying i did not care because one thing about jamie fox is that he is a professional through and through you know he's been working in the game for a long time he is yeah. a seasoned performer and i feel like all the people that are in his corner know how to like handle or deal with any kind of you know anything that can rise up in any kind of news surrounding his life so when he was hospitalized i've trusted anything that came from the family any outside news sources i was like i don't I don't want to hear from it. I don't want to hear it. Yeah, I mean, at some point you had to because it was going like every other day. It was he was sick. He was fine. He was talking. He was not. It was like this is the information is way too up and down for any of this to be true at this point. So mm-hmm. every, I feel like everyone was just like, I'm just wait till he come out and say something like 
just back off. Yeah, but. exactly. And one last thing. Um, did you see the nominations for the Golden Globes? I did not. I know Fantasia got one. Yeah. Purple, I think, but mm-hmm. I didn't into the list. Was it like, was it a good list? Was it, did we miss a, a lot of things? I feel like it was a pretty solid list for the most part. I feel like they, I mean, I think they included like a good number of uh, movies and TV shows. And there were a lot of things that were nominated that were like, we expect this to be nominated. And there were some things that were nominated that I was actually surprised by. Um, obviously okay. Oppenheimer. Yeah, of course. Colors of the Flower Moon, obviously. Um, I talk about that movie every day. <laughs> they never like that movie outside of Barbie probably got the second most promotion this year. That they, they were talking about that movie nonstop. Yeah, I still. And then it turned bad. I think they were promoting it really heavy, and then the show, and then actually came out, and then it flipped to like other things when people actually saw it. Yeah. Um, there were for best picture, musical or comedy. I'm surprised that. The Color Purple didn't get nominated. A lot of people say because of the release for the movie. But I mean, I don't know. I still wish it got nominated for the Golden Globe. Yeah, I mean, if they're nominating Fantasia for it. Yeah. Which I am happy. Why would it matter? Yeah. Yeah, of course. But I'm saying, why would it matter if the release date was later if they've already nominated Fantasia for the same movie. I would mm-hmm. think it must be okay to nominate. Yeah. And I just looked it up. And you said it was musical or comedy? Mm-hmm. May, December got nominated for that. Is that a comedy? No. Not at all. Air is not a comedy at all. Four things, I guess, could be considered a comedy. But those last two definitely should not be in that category at all. Yorgo Slanthimos, all of his films kind of are dark comedies. So I'm not surprised that's in that category. Um, yeah, that one, yes. Mm-hmm. Four things make sense, but I think May, December, or like Air doesn't really make sense. And I think that like Air is only there because they didn't really know where else to put it because it's not exactly a drama. It does fit kind of in like the biopic genre, you know, and usually those yeah, go into drama. Yeah, I would never put either one of those as musical or comedy. Mm-hmm. So I feel like they're already out. Honestly, I feel like Barbie won. Barbie or maybe four things? What do you think? I feel like Barbie may win a Golden Globe because it's not likely that it's going to win Best Picture. What's up in Best Picture? What's, what's, uh, who got nominated in that category? For Best Picture, it is, I mean, when I say Best Picture, I mean Best Picture at the Academy Awards. Oh, oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah, f- <laughs> you know. If we get nominated, though, it might get nominated for something. It's definitely going to get nominated for, like, 10 things. But the thing is, is that, like, it's not going to win Best Picture. I think it might be, if Greta Gerwig wins Best Director, I would honestly be surprised if she gets nominated, I would also be surprised with that too. I mean, I think the one surprise I have for the awards, the Academy Awards that I want to put out there is Celine for, for the director of Past Lives getting nominated for Best Director. 
I'd at least like to see it. I don't know if it's okay. going to happen, but I'd like to see it. You're putting it out there, putting it in the air um, first. I'm putting it in out there. <laughs> Put it in Put the it universe. Out. Yes. And they added an award for the Golden Globes called Cinematic and Box Office Achievement. So, like, whoever got the most box office sales? Yeah. The Barbie one? <laughs> I mean, it's interesting because, like, Barbie, Guardians, Volume 3, John Wick Chapter 4, Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning Part 1, Oppenheimer, Across the Spider-Verse, the Super Mario Bros. movie, and the Taylor Swift The Eras Tour are all nominated for this category. But this also feels like an audience choice category. Yeah, I was about to say, this feels very much we're trying to engage our audience and actually say what people actually wanted to watch versus like having, you know, people in the room voting on this. That mm -hmm. gives audience choice awards. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, it Which, is. It's giving people choice awards. Yeah. Which I'm not. I mean, like, I don't, I don't know, because of course a lot of people feel like award shows are pretentious. So yes, this is their way of like trying to open it up to the general public so that they're interested in awards and like maybe, you know, get some more view, viewership, get some more viewership. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, are they going down when people aren't watching award shows like they used to be? Definitely you just, not. All you need to go is like log into Twitter and just... Yeah, read <laughs> See what people are saying, okay? And I feel like if Taylor Swift Eras Tours could get nominated, Renaissance could get nominated too. One of the biggest tours of the year, one of the most anticipated tours yeah. of the year. Yeah, that leaves a lot of room. If you're doing audience choice, that leaves a lot of room for like things that aren't going to be in it. Which mm -hmm. I mean, that does in general, but then you do have like, well, why'd you put Taylor Swift? You didn't put Beyonce. It's like that's the same. They equally did a lot. Beyonce mm -hmm. did a lot with that Renaissance store. She basically helped the economy with that one. So, nope. I mean, you can say it again. Also, best motion picture animated. I'm surprised that Wish is on there, seeing as, I mean, I'm surprised that any Disney movies on the list. If I'm being honest, I know it's Disney, but not a lot of the Disney movies that came out this year were that good. If we're yeah, being very real, this year, no. Especially not Wish, when they gave up the whole plot in the trailer. And then, like, the songs are written by, like, a pop singer. So it doesn't really feel like... Yeah, Julia Michaels writes the song in Wish. She wrote Issues. I got oh. issues. Yeah, I know exactly the song. <laughs> <laughs> I know exactly the song. <laughs> so, okay. it's, I'm not trying to, like, you know... I'm glad she got her bag. That's great. Like writing for a Disney movie is amazing, but Disney movies lean more towards like musical. So like Lin Manuel Miranda doing Mary Poppins makes more sense, and like Julia Michaels doing like a new Disney movie is like, why? Why? Why yeah. is that? Because although she is talented, she's not even the most relevant pop writer out there. Maybe she knew somebody, and they helped her get maybe you know a shot. Yeah, maybe she just needed a shot. That seems to be the case. She got her shot. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently didn't land with you, but... <laughs> you know what, girl? It's fine. It's okay. It's fine. You don't have to please me. I'm not the person... I'm not in the academy. I'm not voting. You know, I'm just... Right. Apparently she did good enough to make the list, though, so... 
But there wasn't. I mean, is there anything that didn't make the list that you feel like they should have, or is this actually a pretty good list of what came out for animated as far? I mean, in terms of like a lot of the categories, I think that in general, a lot of the things that were nominated are the things you would expect to be nominated, like. Only Murders in the Building, Barry, The Bear, uh, Killers of the Flower Moon. Um, I am surprised that Jury Duty got a Golden Globe nomination just because it's a fairly good show, but I did expect it to get like, I did expect that show to be snubbed, you know, but it got nominated. I don't think I should have been surprised because it's an Amazon show and Amazon, you know, they're very like... If there's one thing about it, they're not going to lose on it in awards campaign. And Marvel's Miss Maisel yeah. is not, you know, in the awards conversation anymore. So they need something else. Yeah. And Jury Duty was a good one. I'm glad it got some some sort of recognition because that was a very, very good show. I, I feel like you, we haven't seen that one before. Mm-hmm. And I'm very glad that Divine Joy Reed got nominated for the holdovers because she's actually been getting a lot of awards this award season she did get um i think it was a new york's critics choice award for her role in the holdovers so i'm very happy for her because she is a very very talented actress and i've been obsessed with her since um dull might is my name so seeing her you know get all this recognition makes me feel very like makes me feel warm inside yeah Yeah. good I love to see some of my favorites where, like, you saw them in a movie a long time ago and now they're doing something big. Like, Fantasia has really come yes. from, like, American Idol to this. I love yeah. that for her. I she mean, was always good, but, like, yeah, that was, that's the story. She worked hard. She really worked hard to get there. Fantasia, her story, just in general, is something that is so moving and so impactful. And to see yeah. her in the color purple is phenomenal and amazing. And I knew, I knew from watching the trailer, I was like, see, Oprah's gonna put her on that roller coaster, roller coaster ride that is awards season, and she is not gonna stop. Like, even when the Academy mm-hmm. Awards are over, it's not even gonna end. Like, she's just gonna keep yeah. going. She's gonna keep going up. This is definitely her moment. Because mm-hmm. that's a big deal. From American Idol to this, and like, she did, remember her, her like biopic? A uh, movie came out like right after American Idol, and all this stuff happened. It came out on Lifetime. She played herself. Oh, oh, yeah. But all this stuff happened after that. Mm-hmm. So much. It just keeps getting better for her, and I love it. I cannot wait to see that movie, The Color Purple. I'm going. Oh yeah, next me Friday. too. Yeah, I'll be. I'm watching next Friday. Yeah, I can't wait. Okay, so we've gone. We've run the gambits. Uh, We're going to go ahead and get into the meat and potatoes of the podcast, guys. Today, we're going to be talking about Black Cake. It is a show on Hulu. It's an original series, and it is an adaptation for the Charmaine Wilkerson's New York Times bestselling novel. And the series is about a family drama wrapped in a murder mystery. It's about this young woman. Her name is Ellen. Nope, not young woman. (laughs) Hey, it's about... (laughs) Kind of young-ish. Kind of young. Kind of young. (laughs) Yeah. The show, really, it starts um, with Byron and Benny. They find out that their mother, Eleanor Bennett, has passed away. She lost the battle to cancer. And 
when they are settling the estate of their mother's affairs, they find out that she has left recordings for them to listen to. And these recordings chronicalize her life and everything that she has gone through from when she was a young woman until the time she became their mother. And the show kind of plays, um, the show starts in the present and then goes to the past, kind of chronologizing everything that's happening and like taking us through her life and how Byron and Benny are dealing with, you know, learning things about their mother that they didn't know prior to it. Um, and I actually wanted to read the book before watching the show and I couldn't find it in any of my libraries because <laughs> it's a very popular book. Um, yeah. all, th- all the reviews for the show, all the reviews for the book seemed like it was really similar to the series. So it looks like they kept very true to the adaptation. And overall, um, what were your initial thoughts when you started watching Black Cake? Because I think you watched it before I did. Yes, I've been watching it since the first two episodes aired. Um, I was waiting for the show to come out. I was excited to see it. Um, my mom had read the book, so she told me about it, but I didn't have any like background as far as like where that story was going other than the trailer and then like a little Google search. Um, and I don't even think I did that before I watched it. I just was like, I'm watching it. It was Oprah. I'm here for it. Um, so I was into it after those first two episodes. I was like, this is definitely going to be a story, a rabbit hole, especially how they started it. Um, I feel like they really took you on her life journey when it was ending and like kind of the beginning at the same time. Um, so they really got me in those first two episodes. And I watched every single Wednesday after that. <laughs> yeah, I do think the show is really great. I do love especially the first two episodes were really good. Um, what a way to start off the show. First of all, <laughs> a young woman running down a hill in the forest in her wedding dress, running towards the ocean. I was like, oh, we in for it now. Right, like, already. <laughs> already, we started off strong, okay? And I think that it was really beautiful, some of the shots, especially when they're in Jamaica, because it's such a beautiful island, first of all, amazing. And gosh, I think my initial thoughts for the show was that this feels a little soap opera-y, just like a little bit, um, a little soapy. Um, I did like the writing and where the story was going. I love the initial premise of the show. I love, you know, your mom passes away she leaves these recordings for you to listen to and you have to like, you know, kind of understand and unravel who this person is because she's not Mm -hmm. the mom that you thought that you knew. She's something entirely different. And you start learning all these things about her. And I feel like it's such an interesting concept and I think it's so beautiful how they did it. And it's also really sad and like heartbreaking to watch it because you're sitting there and you're discovering this another side of this person that you knew your whole life. And you never really got the chance to get to know them or like learn this while they're there so you can better understand them because it would be too painful to learn when they're alive or just be too hard. And she dumped so much on them. Like it wasn't like a light story. It was like every episode she was dropping bombs. Like, wow, you are not even close to the same person. Mm. Uh, Yeah, it was 
from those first few episodes. That's why I said it really starts you out like in the beginning and the end of like where her story starts at the same time because they unraveled so much that happened in the middle and like went back and forth. And what I really loved is how they were telling her story and we were also getting like the feelings of the kids and like what was actually happening in real time. So it was like you could see the effects later and like this I felt like the show was very well written. It was definitely a drama. I don't know if I would call it Sophie because hmm. I think I just attribute Sophie to like these super dramatic extra yeah. like actors, actors, like that kind of thing. But I can definitely see how it was a very dramatic story because she kept dropping bombs on them. Like mm-hmm. just when you thought she was like, oh, I did this. Like she started out with a new name and then she, it went, it just kept going after that. It was yeah. like, wow. No, you're right. I mean, I'm going to be honest and say that I've been watching a lot less, I guess, drama shows recently mm-hmm. or like shows that kind of fall into the drama category. And a lot of the shows that I've been watching fall either to like narcos or the boys or the like straight comedy so getting into black cake was something that was different for me because i haven't been used to watching a show like this since i started re-watching scandal so it just kind of felt like a little bit in that vein obviously it's not exactly like scandal but mm-hmm. with um of course how dramatic the revelations are and all these things that they're learning about their mom a lot of the things, a lot of the reactions, me personally, I feel like they should have had bigger reactions. Because if I had found out that my mom's name is not even Eleanor, it's Covey, I'll be like, wait, Whoa. hold on. Covey? Coventina? Wow. Yeah, whole different name. Yeah. She took some places. Wait, who is this woman then? <laughs> yeah, like, who is this lady? Like, okay, we're... Her bombs were like, oh, I got a new name. Oh, this happened. It was like, I have a kid. Wow, what's happening? One you couldn't so many of these people were alive. Yeah, it definitely was a little sad, like a constant sad overtone the whole story. Mm-hmm. I will say. It's kind of heartbreaking because you learn all these secrets about your mom after they pass away. And then you're kind of just left with it, you know? Yeah. And I can't imagine how Eleanor felt living her life with her kids that are grown and her husband and the story that she has and not being able to share that with anybody but having to like you know hide that inside herself and i'm sure there are plenty of people who have said that like they learn a lot of stuff about their parents when they're on the deathbeds like people who work in retirement homes always talk about how like people on the deathbeds reveal a lot of stuff yeah um, I think that when, I don't know why, but like when her father sold her, essentially like sold her to little man, I was like, mm-hmm. this cannot be, this can't be the way we got to do something. Not that. <laughs> this can't be it. I'm like we got to save her, you know? Yeah. Yeah. We got to get her out. They definitely created a good sense of like, she has to go soon in those first couple episodes. Like, mm-hmm. no, we got to get her out. Yeah. <laughs> you could like but like you were also understanding why she was doing what she was doing but for some reason at the end she never could tell her kids why she did what she was doing it was like if she told her kids she would have to tell them everything that's the thing but you would think after all that time yeah you had moved continents Mm. multiple continents Mm -hmm. countries 
Yeah, she was. She was trying to hide that secret. But what I did love was that the husband was in on it for a lot of it. Not he wasn't even in on everything. But yeah. I loved that part when that I was like, oh, that has to be his dad. That's what I thought when I saw um, Byron. I was like, but Gibbs has to be his dad. That just yeah. they did the casting, and this was excellent. But yeah. that's what I saw in that. So, but she still wasn't telling him everything. But I loved that she was able to at least tell him that part of the secret. Mm-hmm. She had a little something. Yeah. And I think that um, it's very interesting how much Benny is like her mom, but also like Bunny in a way where she kind of is very passionate and she has like different interests, you know? And I definitely related a lot to Benny because I know what it's like to be like, I mean, she's, she's the youngest. She really is the youngest. And I'm not the youngest, I'm the second oldest, but when you're the child, you're a child and your parents are like, you know, not from this country, they're immigrant parents, you're a first generation kid. And there is this expectation of you to be like their shining light or, you know, they're like get out of jail free car or something like that, you know? And if you feel like you're not living up to that expectation or you're not living up to what you think that they want from you that you feel like you're failing or you feel like you're not measuring up to it and it is very sad what happened at thanksgiving with benny but Mm -hmm. i don't think she should have taken it out on yoshi i think that's her name i think yeah yeah definitely shouldn't have taken out on her Um, that was not her fault (laughs) no no she was trying to help you yeah benny had a lot going on and I feel like this story was that she learned all about her mom after she died and when she needed to learn it, like while it was happening, if that makes sense. And that was kind of like this two stories you were getting. Um, luckily at the end, she like understood, like I'm literally being my mother again, but mm-hmm. having missing all those parts was like really messing with her. Cause she thought she had to be perfect, mm-hmm. not realizing that she was literally doing becoming what her mom was so and she thought her mom was just this prim proper person and she wasn't even that person she had a whole new name <laughs> her mama literally was a whole ran, person. <laughs> ran away from the island started living in a boarding house and i'm not gonna lie when she first said like i can't be cavatina eleanor will have to die i'm like oh, we're gonna kill eleanor yeah. no like her i was like no can't do this she has to stay (laughs) she has to stay she's our friend but then when the train came off the tracks i was like "Uh uh-uh i actually was not expecting that to be the response you got that name (laughs) no no what's happening didn't kill off your friend but i that's where i thought this was going and that's not what happened and now it's even sadder (laughs) like wow you actually make a friend with somebody and then they die and then you just like Assume I'm their identity. Yep, I'm her. Yeah, that is. She just ran with it her whole life. Yeah, literally <laughs> took. I mean, she she kind of didn't have a choice in the matter. Like, it was yeah. really just. It really was set up for her to like kind of like slide into that role and be like, okay, well, I guess I'm Eleanor now. Yeah. Yeah. Was running anyway, so. <laughs> Things did not end well for her, though in that in scotland it was 
Mm-hmm. When she seen? took that job. Mm-hmm. Yes. And yeah. when they first told you about Scotland, she when she first told them about Scotland, she had left that part out. Mm-hmm. And then it like circled back to like what happened. And I was like, oh, she was like, that was like an even deeper secret into the original. Because you already kind of dropped that you were there. And nobody knew that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, she was very careful about her secrets and how she was telling them. And that would be a terrifying way to live. But it was great for the show. I mean, it was wonderful for the show. And I did like the scene where, um, I think it was Gibbs, he, like, it kind of slipped out when he said Coventina to Eleanor. Yeah, but the, the kids didn't even notice. They were like, they didn't even hear it. Nah. And she had to leave and get herself together. Yes. <laughs> I didn't even notice it. It's miss a beat. Nobody said anything. No one. Don't because that was like, that the person is like, not even like a, a thought to them. Mm-hmm. I feel like that was the point of the scene. Like, that part, that meant so much to her in that moment that she had to step away. But for them, it literally went right over their heads because they had no idea that like their mom Covey. was not the person they were. They thought, yeah, they're like, "Who's Covey? Like, who is that?" It must just be their accent or something. Like they literally just yeah. went all over their heads. <laughs> yes. Speaking of, what did you think of the accents in the show? They because... were bad. The bunnies <laughs> at the end. I was like, bunnies <laughs> really been. He is being 80 years old from America. Like, she would definitely have an accent right now. <laughs> All of these are made. I was I was looking up the people, like, I was like, from Jamaica. <laughs> like, <laughs> nobody is actually from Jamaica, right? Because these accents are off. <laughs> you know, I, they their best. They, they probably yeah. was too. <laughs> I mean... I feel like because the show is executive produced through the own network, you guys obviously have the budget to find people or maybe like hire dialect coaches, you know? Yeah, that's what they needed dialect because I feel like the casting for this, I guess as far as who they chose and like her dad being this Jamaican or Chinese Jamaican Mm -hmm. and like what she looked like. I was like, and even her, the older version, the younger version, I was like, you guys did excellent on like matching all these people up and making this make sense. Like mm-hmm. even the background story of the dad and how he got there, they they added all that up for everybody. Like you don't have mm-hmm. any questions, um, mm-hmm. but definitely could have used a lot of work on those. <laughs> and I'm not even Jamaican. And I was like, this is, this doesn't even <laughs> sound right. <laughs> no, I know this doesn't sound right. This is like some TV best luck on your accent kind of thing. Like, it really did feel like um, session one of like accent work. Like, let's everybody let's try a Jamaican accent. Literally, it was like a, a one day class, and yeah. everybody was ready with it. <laughs> great job, but no, the accents weren't great. No, I remember I was like watching the show, and the actress who plays her mom, um, her name's Jada Steele, and I remember her from. <laughs> this is gonna be so random. Dirk Gently's um, Detective Academy, which was a show that was on the BBC that only lasted like two seasons. And okay. El- Elijah Wood was in the show. <laughs> it's like, so random. So clearly not Jamaican. No, <laughs> not Jamaican. She is like, she's very much American. So I saw her on the show and I was like, girl. <laughs> I was like, this girl is not Jamaican. What's happening? Yeah, What's going they, on? No, but I, was anybody really Jamaican? I don't think so. Any like any person on there actually Jamaican? I don't think so. Because yeah. if they start talking for like more than like two minutes, it's like oof. Yeah, ooh, that wasn't it. That's not mm. what they would have said. 
that's not it. Also, like, her dad's accent was so strong. I know he was, like, raised in Jamaica, but I feel like he probably wouldn't have that strong of a Jamaican accent. You know? Because he was a kid. But yeah. I think they were just trying to add to, like, the, we're in Jamaica, we're going to make sure. island flair. Yeah. I feel like, I mean, maybe everybody in America watching this wouldn't notice. Definitely as a black person, in America, <laughs> I could tell that was wrong. Um, but it didn't take away too I much. I would I hope they would notice. Jamaica's <laughs> probably like, what, is, what are they doing? What's happening? <laughs> Miss Oprah, what, what's going there. on? Yeah, definitely not from there. Mm. Yeah, the exits weren't the best in the show, but um, I, I really... I like the show and I like the story, but I also wasn't a huge fan of some of the acting choices. Okay. I feel like a lot of the things that were happening in the show, I need to see you reacting. Like I need you to, I need to see you in the moment. And the biggest problem I had was when Byron was talking to Lynette and they're like, it's a scene in their house where he's telling her that he got passed up for the job. And he's just kind of like, you know, being kind of passive about it. And you could tell, like, she's really passionate and she's really, like, you know, telling him to advocate for yourself. Like, you work hard in this field. Yeah, you love this job. You care about oceanography. You care about what you're doing. You care about this company. And they pass you off for some guy who isn't as passionate and didn't work as hard and doesn't know as much as you. So you should feel some type of way. And then we get to the scene where he's kind of, like, taking a stand at the panel Mm because, first of all, what kind of diversity and inclusion panel only has one black person there? Yeah, literally the only one. <laughs> Not very well planned, you guys. <laughs> he gets a text from his boss like, hey, listen, we would really need you up there. In the back of his head, he's like, listen, bro, you're going to be the only person there. I can't look like an idiot just sitting there by myself. Okay, because right. there's no one else, I guess. In literally no one else. And also, they were only asking him questions. Because what are they going to ask? These are the only diversity in the guys. <laughs> interviewing white men. Like, what Literally. is not diverse? You're going to tell us what's wrong? Like, <laughs> no. Yeah. Um, but I feel like that was the point that he was trying to make. He was the one and only. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I agree. He definitely, his character in general was very, very passive. Like, he didn't really. The only thing he got mad about was when uh, Benny's boyfriend, when he found out Benny's boyfriend was abusing her. Like, I yeah. feel like that was the, the most emotion we got out of him. But yeah. The job, he was chilling on the couch. Yeah. They didn't pick me. <laughs> like, sir, <laughs> they're using you for the, the diversity and inclusion. You need to be up there. You're fulfilling a quota. You need Literally. To- and you know it. Yeah. <laughs> That's the worst part of it, man. Um, but I do remember, like, on the panel, when he was kind of, like, he was saying his speech, and he was speaking his mind, speaking from the heart. I didn't really feel like he was speaking from the heart. I didn't, like... Because usually when people... When you have this... Like, scene, it was like, a monologue or something? Then yeah. it was a... It didn't I, feel I, like... I, I understand that. Mm-hmm. It did, like, when I'm thinking about it, it does feel like it was kind of just, like, this speech he was supposed to give rather than, like, a a real moment within the, the show, an episode. Because when you, like, see those scenes in TV shows, 
a lot of times you're supposed to have this feeling of like this character has had this pent-up anger and frustration for how they're being mistreated they don't they just this is the final time they get to express it they get to open up about how they feel they don't care about the consequences their current people are saying or how people are looking at them they need to get that off their chest and there's a certain like tone and there's a certain way that you say it and there are certain emotions behind it and he laughed it it was just lacking like i didn't feel it i didn't feel like oh you know i've been thinking about what lynette said i've been thinking about how these people have been treating me i've been thinking about i've been pushed aside and sidelined and not being appreciated and not receiving the promotion that i deserve that i worked hard for and this is the time where i'm just gonna say it i'm gonna speak my truth to power and when i saw all those like notifications on his phone i was like none of these people should be tweeting him or texting him this is <laughs> this was terrible like yeah. the, the guy sitting next to him looked more frustrated than he did because he's sitting there like i brought the one black eye on the panel and all he did was shit on me <laughs> like all he did was call me out yeah yes, completely yeah. blindsided me who do you think would have done a better job in that role or i guess in that moment on the show um you remember the guy from girl's trip kofi yeah I think he oh, was yeah. yeah, he, he he was real like he was good at giving those in a uh, queen sugar mm-hmm. that type of like you see queen sugar long, long yeah I, when you said that I was like yeah you definitely did you <laughs> see that a lot that was like queen sugar that was just that yeah mm-hmm. I'm like going through what happened definitely was giving those type of monologues mm-hmm. yeah he was like, really into it like oh. yeah I remember that whole blue situation I was like. <sighs> <laughs> Oh, you would have done a really good job at that. Dang, that was a good one. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good one. That was right up his alley. Yeah. He was in this Netflix movie called Really Love. I think that was released mm-hmm. this year. That's the most recent project I've seen him in. I've just missed him so much. And then watching yeah. this show, I was like, man, someone needs to put me in the room. <laughs> Someone's gotta. <laughs> that one there. Wow. And he's a good actor. Like, and he actually can act. Mm hmm definitely talk to you <laughs> who would you have cast instead of bashy in that role for byron um, i don't know you that was a good one that really caught me off guard because he really would have blown that out the water yeah i don't know if his jamaican accent would have been good either but nobody. i think he could do a jamaican accent he looks jamaican yeah he definitely would have fit in mm-hmm. um i don't know Think no, Idris, but Damson would not. He wouldn't do it. I think he could. Damson's a pretty good actor. I don't think him and ben, that Benny would go brother and sister together, though. I but couldn't he, see that. He looks a lot like Bashy, though. Yeah, yeah. He would fit the family mold, but I just can't see those two him playing that character and then going against that Benny. I don't know if that would be the same. Mm. No, I think they could. I think they look related. Like I have faith in it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I know that Adrian, um, the actress who played Betty, is also like a Tony-nominated actress. So obviously she? she has. She is. So she has chops, but whenever I would see like scenes where Benny is like confronting Steve or like talking to Byron, it felt like. 
don't know if this is where the camera was, but it kind of felt like she was talking to a wall. Like, she wasn't really directing it at a person. She was, okay. like, looking at the camera, but looking next to the camera. Like, past it? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, I... Benny was... So, my family also watched this with me. Mm-hmm. And Benny was their least favorite character. They weren't really a fan of hers. <laughs> um, yeah, like, Benny is really getting on my nerves. I'm mm-hmm. like, dang. Is it, is it Benny? Is it her, the actress? They're like, I don't know. It's just something about Benny is just not... I don't like her. Yeah. <laughs> but... Which- that does suck because I actually did relate a lot to Benny, but I also felt like she was being kind of annoying because she did sometimes make things about like her. Really annoying a little. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I feel like they very much introduced her as very uh, like an annoying little sister character mm-hmm. that was just kind of like ghost in MIA, and then her storyline definitely built up a lot over the episodes, but she was. Not my favorite character, I will say. I think when they first start talking about Benny um, at the beginning of the series and Byron mentioned how Benny didn't go to her father's funeral or Benny um, wasn't around when their mom was sick. I, in my mind, it reminds me a lot of what I see on TikTok where a lot of first gen kids cut off Mm -hmm. their parents when they move out. Because they realized that the way their parents have treated them and how they were raised was not a suitable environment for them or is actually like pretty emotionally abusive. So when they do move out, they kind of start living on their own and they go no contact with their parents. So mm-hmm. when they introduced Benny in that way, I felt like that's what we were going to be like leading into. Benny talking about how her parents weren't the ideal parents to her, how they didn't make her feel heard or recognized, or they didn't make her feel safe in their home. And she felt like the way they raised them was not a suitable environment for her, which is why she left and she would no contact. Because there have been times where, like I'll see, I see this on TikTok pretty often, where people talk about how they go no contact with their parents. And you know people ask them, well, if your parents die tomorrow, will you care? And they'll say, no, I won't care. Because why would I care about somebody who didn't care about me while I was alive? When they're dead, that doesn't really change anything. And I was hoping mm-hmm. for a conversation in that vein with Benny's character, but that never really came because we found out that Benny wasn't around because she got into a relationship with somebody who was abusive. And, you know, people who are in abusive relationships, the abuser can be very controlling and, you know, make them feel like they have to depend on them rather than seek outside help, which does happen very often. And, you know, we find out the reason why she didn't go to her dad's funeral is because she had a black eye from Steve, her boyfriend, who was being abusive. And that is really sad and really disappointing. And I don't think that the show doesn't really, like, go into, like, why did Benny feel like she had stayed in this relationship? Um, what was the crux? Like, what made her, like, be with Steve? And, like, you know, what drew her into him? Like, they were together for, like, so many years. You and know. even up until then. yeah. Even like she was the... just getting rid of him. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I did want to be on Benny's side. I did. But then she went to Steve's house and then she smashed the sculpture. And I'd say that's also, why isn't that the only time they ever showed emotion was in the scenes where like there would be like outwardly violent? Like Benny. Yeah, it was like zero or a hundred, one or the other. Nothing in between. No outrage over not getting the role, but outrage over extreme outrage over everything else. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Yeah. Benny's character was, I agree. It, there were parts that weren't fully developed, like a full circle for me for her. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think her part was important because of how Covey's story ended up being in like the daughter's, I guess they were trying to do like a parallel daughter kind of thing. But mm-hmm. I don't think Covey ended, I mean, a Covey, I don't think Benny's story ended up being a, as full circle. I like the full circle moment when she figured out that she was named after bunny um but there was a lot of missing pieces in that one because yeah. i feel like even when you saw the the thanksgiving scene when she got kicked out or she didn't even get kicked out she kind of got mad on her own because i guess they weren't giving her the response she wanted um but even that i feel like it wasn't really if you didn't really dive too deep she just went ghost and then end up with this with steve so yeah, I mean, when her dad, <laughs> when her dad went in on her, he did not hold back. And I have to he say, those are one of the scenes where I'm like, yeah, that's he's from Jamaica, because let me tell you something, Caribbean parents, Caribbean parents will tell you how they feel. Okay, they don't care about your feelings. Yeah, we're not mad about her. We're not mad about the girl we're mad because you keep getting your mind every Yes. <laughs> <laughs> she's only supposed to be 20 something years old of course he's changing her mind every five <laughs> seconds he was going in <laughs> he said you flip-flop schools your career you're a man and apparently you're women oh god wow you didn't have to call me out like that in front of company <laughs> he just went in on her that was such. That a was probably like really embarrassing but even in that moment I was like did that cause you to go away for five years or however long she was gone. She was gone for a very long time after that. So she never even tried to talk to them. And the fun, the crazy thing is that she went missing. And like, that was literally Covey's story. Like she had to go missing from her family, not by choice. Mm-hmm. Okay, it was frozen for a second there. Yeah. But yeah, I was saying like Covey had to run from her family because she had to. And then Benny was running from hers not necessarily because she had to, but she still ended up running from her family. Mm-hmm. I am. Um, I mean, I would say that like, I would be a little bit more interested in learning what happened with Benny and Steve in like the five years or six years they were together. Because one thing that the show failed to do was indicate the passage of time because we just kind of see like the scene where they first meet the scene where she sees Joni and she's with Steve and then Steve has to say they're they've been together for two years and I'm like we couldn't get a flashback we could have get like <laughs> a title card a graphic yeah we don't really know how long they were together but he was around for a long time that's what we yeah know. they definitely leave the timeline like open but maybe that's also t- intentional too because of Covey's story. I don't know. I, I'm sure it probably all ties back. I could watch this again, though. <laughs> yeah, I think because we see Covey's storyline and then the present day with the kids, that's how we indicate like the past and the present. But when we're, mm-hmm. when we're looking at the scenes with the family while the mom is alive or like the Thanksgiving scene, there's no like visual representation. Or like changes, screen. yeah. Yeah. To tell you us, don't know. That, it's not like it went from the '80s to the 2000s. It kind of yeah. just looks like 
This could be they're grown ups, so could be any point in this time. Yeah, yeah. basically, basically, they do like just stick to past versus present, not where we are within the present. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Let's see. Let's talk about Mabel. That's her name, right? Mabel. Mabel was the mom's best friend. Who's Mabel? Oh, Mabel's the daughter. Yes, Mabel is the older daughter. Um, yes. Who is passing? Yeah, and doesn't know she's passing. She, I I'm guess. Not, I'm not gonna lie. She does kind of give me like Rashida Jones, and that's kind of, you know. I think that does fall into um, a conversation of like the kind of people you have in your circle. Cause I feel like if, since she it's very clear that she mainly grew, in, grew up in an affluent community with like mainly just like white people around her. And mm-hmm. since she looks white and kind of looks like a little bit Italian is what her mom told her that kind of, you know, you could like kind of pass with that. You could kind of like use that as an excuse. Okay, that's fine. Okay. And, and her, um, grandma i guess is from like the trinidad that's what she said but i feel like if she maybe spent more time around black people they would see the like oh it's a little ethnic in your blood it's a little tension there you know it's kind of it was kind of surprising no one had thought about it yet especially because you saw her son is it so freezing um but yeah especially because when i saw her son i was like uh okay but I guess if no one ever told you, you wouldn't even think, like, mm-hmm. even existing as a white woman. So, you never even got around anyone to, like, let you know maybe you're not. <laughs> right. And it never really, like, crosses her mind. Because, yeah. Why would it? Yeah. And you can tell that in that first scene where she's arguing at the table with that girl, or not arguing, but listening to that girl talk to her. Like, she really. You really do actually have a right to say this. You just don't know you have a right to say this. And, like, yeah. that's about to completely unfold right now. Mm-hmm. Like, you're being canceled, but you are black. You just don't know. Yeah. That, okay. that storyline in itself is wild to grow up that much, that old, and not know you're black at all. Mm. They just lie to you. But that's because white people don't think about race. They're just yeah. kind of like living their life, it never crosses their mind. Unless they do, like, an Ancestry.com. But, like, that probably never even crossed her mind to do that either. Because if she did that, she would have found out she was adopted. Right. But it, but they lied to her so long. So she didn't even... She grew up... She literally grew up a white lady. And mm-hmm. to, like, have that privilege. Like, that's so... Like, that story in itself needs to be told. Because, like, you literally didn't know you were black until you were, like, 40-something. Mm-hmm. That's why. Mm-hmm. You didn't even know you were adopted, so you didn't even know to think to look that you were like. There's so many barriers that you would have never even got that far. Yeah, that should have been a movie. <laughs> I, I have to say, when she finds out, when she gets that call from the lawyer, who I have to say, I love this actor who plays the lawyer. I think Glenn. <laughs> Is that his name? He was in a different world. He was also in uh, How to Go with Murder. Yeah. Glenn Turner? Is that what you're talking about? The... Yeah. That's where I recognize him from. How to get away with murder. Um, but he, I feel like, does a really great job of grounding the performances. 
and he's a really good advocate for the mother because all the scenes we get with the mom are in the past essentially and most of them are when she's a lot younger not many when she's older so when he's there with the kids he's kind of like the last person he's the last person that really spoke with Eleanor Covey and he's able to kind of reassure them and guide them through this journey and help them along and I can understand that they're very frustrated that they have to learn all this stuff about their mom after she's passed and it feels kind of like you know it feels unfair but it's good yeah. that he is this understanding party and not really like a third party but something of a mediator to help alleviate what they're feeling so yeah it's clear that when he calls Mabel, he can tell like, oh, I have. <laughs> He's like, oh no, they didn't tell you? He's like, dang, I can't do this over the phone. Um, how, When would you have some time, you know, to come to California, you know? And obviously that has to be a huge shock for her because the only thing she's thinking about is like her book tour, possibly getting yeah. canceled, you know? is this guy nice? Like, am I going to keep dating this guy? And the next thing she knows is like, I have a whole other family that nobody told me about. And then she goes home and, you know, she finds out the truth from her parents who, of course, didn't feel like they would ever have to tell her because she looked white Mm -hmm. from the time she was a baby. And as she got older, she just got a little... Little tan. Little Sicilian. So it's like, (laughs) what would we have to say? Yeah, her story was wild because you grew up not understanding who you really were. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like that was just like another fallout of Covey's story. Like it just was kind of showing you how it was like a generational thing for them. Like it just kept going. And then her holding that secret in for so long, it just kept going. Um, but Mabel's story, like her dropping that kid, what was she, she told that like episode five, it was like, in the middle of the show, it was almost over when she said that part. Mm-hmm. So that was a when big she one. said, "My three children." I was like, three? Yeah. Wait. Did one of y'all? Y'all got another one? Hold on. Wait. Am I missing something? <laughs> did. I count Benny and Byron. Why are there three? Yeah. I once again wasn't another bomb. I was not expecting from Covey. No. Not at all. I do have to say, um, I did like seeing Mabel uh, alongside the other siblings. I think it's very sweet when they are reunited and Benny goes out of her way to talk to her mm-hmm. and comfort her. I did like that. You know, it's kind of like, okay, yeah. see. There was hope that. for them to be like a little family, yeah. even after all the traumatic information they're receiving. Mm-hmm. And. But- I feel like they left a lot of Mabel's story open too. Like they never got to the whole secret she was holding in with whoever her child's father is because they kept tiptoeing around that. And I was like, I have not forgotten. That seems to be like a big deal. So maybe we'll get, I feel like that was, they left it open for another season. They had to just because mm-hmm. they left a few things loose, just mm-hmm. enough to keep you interested. The creator of the show did say that she hopes to have a season two or that they're anticipating a season two. So we'll have to wait and see. Um, I, I, I I was trying to pick up on clues during the show because as we got to the last episode, I was like, dang it, they're not going to tell us. I was like, yeah, they did not even give you a hint. No, like 
I have no idea what that could possibly be. I, I, I know it's going to be something crazy just off of that first season, but mm-hmm. it has to be something we're not thinking of, but they didn't give you any type of anything. I think, I feel like because she was banned from her husband's funeral, it's either because she was already pregnant or it's because like they didn't like her or they didn't like approve of her. So I'm starting to think maybe he's like, famous or he's like maybe the husband is not the kid's dad i don't know they left it so open that there's so many different ways to go because if you weren't invited to the funeral but that's supposed to be his dad could that be a reason why you weren't invited to the funeral i think that well remember when um um um, the mom was like i mean why don't you tell geo the truth about his dad because there weren't any other clues to suggest that like maybe Dio's father is not actually the man that she married. You know, I mean, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I guess that's just where my mind went straight to, like, oh, it must, it, it must not be who he think it, who he thinks it is. Uh huh. That's what I thought. Mm-hmm. But maybe there's just like another story. I mean, that would be on theme because just based off of the book, it's like a story of you telling people things that happened to you before as they're like grownups. I feel like that would kind of fit the theme of season two. Now it's her turn to kind of give her children her secrets and like that kind of full circle. Yeah. Cause I, they, they didn't give you any type of hints to where they could give you a, just this epic wild story that they gave Cubby mm-hmm. as to who this man could be and why he doesn't, why this almost grown child know, doesn't know who his dad is or what happened with him or mm-hmm. something. So. I hope they, I'm sure they'll get a season two. I'm sure. If they don't get a season two, I, Oprah will probably just make her own. So, <laughs> at this point, <laughs> or like, forget it. We'll just put it on own or BT. Like, right. we'll, we'll... I do hope that we learn the truth about Gio's dad. And also, I did want to ask you, because when this happened in the show, I didn't really know exactly how I felt. But near the end of the show, season one, Lynette who is Byron's girlfriend, I believe. She's kind of seen walking into the funeral and she tells Byron that she's pregnant. And from our knowledge, she apparently has been pregnant for a while because she said, like, there's no time to tell him because of the tapes. And then Benny and this new sister, like, in your job, there's all this stuff going on and they couldn't talk about it. And Byron was kind of, like, surprised, but he was, like, really happy about it. And Lynette said, imagining parenthood and living it are two different things. And Byron said, what are you saying? That you don't want kids or that you don't want kids with me? And they kind of just like left that kind of blank and like a little ambiguous. But I feel like they alluded to the fact that like they kind of broke up in that moment. And I was wondering in that moment, what do you think? I don't know what do you think should have been his response like what do you think should have happened in that scene because i felt like it was an interesting thing to kind of like include near the end of the show but at the same time it's kind of like okay what should have what, he, what should he have done is what you're asking what I, yeah i i guess i'm just asking you like what do you think of that scene in general because i i kind of feel like that scene was just kind of like put in there so that there was more to do with lynette's character Cause she was, she was I see that. She kind of just popped in and out. Like I feel like I remember like ninety percent of their scenes being on the couch talking mm-hmm. or in their house or something. Um, I felt like they had a very interesting relationship that we, like I said, we only got little scenes of. Um, she was not nearly as 
talked about as Steve was. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was definitely a big scene because I feel like we didn't really understand their relationship a lot. It was kind of like, what are you guys doing? And then the baby was kind of just like another wrench in it. Does that make sense? Um, they had but... been dating for a while because she, she was in the Thanksgiving scene. The, the Thanksgiving team. Oh, yeah, she was. Mm-hmm. When Benny went away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know. I don't know about them. I always, I mean, I thought they had a weird relationship in general. Like, she kind of just was there. Mm-hmm. But having a baby is going to be a big difference. And then them saying, like, do you not want one with me? But you guys have been together for a long time, so. Did you not expect to have a child at one point? Or? What were you guys doing then? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, if you're, that's the one thing it's I don't like about kid. It's another one's not one one with the person you've been with for yeah. years. Confused now, like, what are you guys doing? No. This is one thing I don't understand about couples of TV shows and movies that have apparently been together for like years and years and years. How are you together for this long and you've never talked about kids? Or you've never talked about having kids? You've never broached a topic. You've never had the discussion. You've never tried to work out what's going on, where we're going. You've been together for this long. Like, it yeah. doesn't look like she lives with him either. It looks like they live separately, too. Yeah, exactly. It was it was a very strange relationship. Because yeah. it was like, what are you guys doing? Mm-hmm. Like, she's not really here that much. She's around, but she's not, like, around, around. Mm-hmm. But... Yeah, mm. but back to what you're saying, like people doing weird things, like in relationships, like you guys are pretending like you wouldn't talk about this. I brought that up when I was watching, I think it was Harlem maybe or Run the World, because mm-hmm. the characters had like done all this stuff and then they were like, oh, we can't be together because we can't have kids. And I'm like, it's been four years on this show. Why did no one say that already? <laughs> and already- <laughs> and, but when I, when I pointed that out, people were like, I mean, people do move that way. And I'm like, really? You would go all that time and not one time did it come up. I don't want kids. I do want kids. Mm-hmm. Like, I guess people aren't talking about that as much as we would thought. But I agree. I think it's a very weird like storyline to throw it out there because you're like, y'all been together. Mm-hmm. Why didn't you know that? Yeah. Why was that topic never broached? I mean, she's coming to Thanksgiving dinner. The parents know who she is. So... Especially because you have Caribbean parents, y'all never mentioned marriage or kids. I don't believe you. Just pretended like y'all like that's what. And but I feel like that added to the confusion of their relationship because it's like, what are you guys doing? Yeah. <laughs> like, you she's been here for all this time, but mm-hmm. you're asking her if she even wants a kid with you, not if she wants one in general, like with you. That should that's not that should not be the question at this point. No, not at all. Yeah. I also want to say, um, I feel like a lot of things that need to, I feel like one thing that needed to be worked on in the show was the chemistry between the actors. Because a lot of times when you watch shows with like, you know, siblings, whether they're like a strange or pretty close, you can tell whether or not the actors like have, I don't know, done like trust building exercises or they've done any kind of character work with one another to kind of like build some kind of like symbiotic relationship between the two of them and it just feels like byron and benny are just kind of like there you know Mm -hmm. even though you guys are estranged i would expect some kind of tension but i didn't actually feel that and i feel like when mabel came into the picture that's when i felt like they became a lot closer 
because there was like this outsider kind of coming into their space that's when I noticed like they seemed a lot closer as siblings and like a lot closer as actors kind of like feeding off each other's like energy but in the beginning of the show it didn't really feel like that and I don't know if that's like possibly a character choice because they are strange siblings or if that's just because like the actors just like lack that chemistry. They didn't as well as we would have liked. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like that was the kind of the theme across both of their characters in general. Like we talked about earlier, like Byron's reactions to things were so minimal sometimes. And you'd be like, that's the moment I probably would have blown up already. But mm-hmm. so I could see that kind of just being the characters that they were playing. But yeah. I don't know. I I didn't I didn't get that as much. I don't think, but I can definitely see where there were holes because of how I feel about Benny's character. Just like mm-hmm. you guys didn't get all the way there, but I think we were more interested in Cubby's story anyway. I was. Yes, the more the, <laughs> I would say the most interesting part of Cubby's story is when she was staying in the church with the nuns. Mm-hmm. That was very interesting because I can't imagine having to go through that whole experience when you're essentially alone. Like, none of your family, nobody you know, you're surrounded by... Yeah, surrounded by strangers. And then she even, like, gave birth alone. That's something that I can't imagine anyone doing because it's it's very difficult to go through. And then you're only able to spend time with your baby at feeding time. And then next thing you know, your kid is gone. Someone has adopted your child and then they kick you out because you're only there to provide them with a child that they can adopt. Like you're essentially, you're like cattle and you're like providing them with their, you know, resource that they need to keep their... Yeah, and clearly she shouldn't let her baby just go off because her baby ended up growing. I mean, she grew up, I guess, in a well-loved family, but like they were also Mm -hmm. lying to her, like Mm -hmm. important. So it's like you literally have no control. Another thing she didn't have control over um, was that entire situation. But that whole thing was was terrifying. Because I feel like that really has happened before. They were doing that at some point. Sending girls away to have babies and just probably taking them and sending them back home. I, I'm not gonna, I'm gonna be very honest. If I was adopting a child and then the child's mother burst in, started running after the car, I would never forget that. I would never forget that. You every time you look at your child, you remember the child's mother like, running out, running behind there, running behind you. Be like, no, give me my baby back! Like you stole her baby, you stole <laughs> her baby straight from her arms. Yeah, that was sad, and that was so they like fit that year back into like the story. Mm-hmm. It's like it you said like- before, the way that she tells her secrets are like very interesting. You know, very deliberate, very calculated ways. A mm-hmm. yes. little bit at a time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't want all my mom's secrets after in a flash drive. Right. No, <laughs> no I, thanks. I do feel bad for Mabel because when she asked about her dad, everyone was looking at each other like, hmm, who is going to tell her? And she's. <laughs> Yeah, they were like, and once again, they said it as calmly as possible, like, Mm -hmm. yeah, Yeah. and she didn't even, like, learn her father's name, which I feel like that's kind of up to her, whether or not she wants to figure out who her dad is, 
because that would be a very that would be I don't know what kind of I don't know how you'd be able to write that scene or go in that direction with that I don't know if that's something you'd be very want. like careful and like you have to do a lot of research and like know what you're talking about or maybe I yeah. don't know that would be a hard scene to write mm -hmm. yeah and I feel like some of the writing in the show is very well done but there were certain like the way that they crafted the story had to be fixed you know like like we said before um Lynette and Byron's relationship should have been better defined in the show there should have been you know something in the background or something that alluded to us letting us know how long they've been together what they mean to each other how serious is their relationship and with Benny and Steve I feel like we needed a clearer definition of what's going on in their relationship because when we first meet Steve I just kind of thought he was her friend because he's just kind of there but then we get the backstory and I'm like oh so why is she still hanging out with him you know like that was my thing I got I, in the middle I kind of got a little lost because I was like wait is this an ex-boyfriend or is this a current boyfriend oh mm. are we back in present present or this is past present like where are we in their story because neither one of them changed like nothing changed about them so it was mm -hmm. kind of just it took me and not a second but it like I, it clicked that they were still talking to each other in the present present of the show yeah like, oh, he's still around okay mm -hmm. yeah but. i do wish that we i understand that because the show is centered around covey's story we don't really get to learn a lot about bunny and we don't really get to learn a lot about um gibbons and mm -hmm. I did love them both as characters, and I love what they meant to Bunny. I do wish we did learn a little bit more about them, you know? Yeah, this was solely about Cubby and, like, the effects of what happened. Mm -hmm. It was not there. I was surprised Bunny took literally till the end of the episode, last episode, that she didn't really come back. She was, like, a kid through the whole thing. Um, so... They definitely primarily focused on Covey a lot, which is why I'm, I, I'm hoping in season two, we start getting into those like holes that they left with Mabel and does Bunny stick around? What happens with Benny and Byron? Like, there's a, they left a lot open there. Yeah, that's very true. Um, do you have any final thoughts about the show? Mm, final thoughts? I think everyone should watch it. <laughs> Give it a shot. Um, I feel like it was really, I, I loved the show. It was good. Um, I haven't heard the story before. I would be interested to read the book. Mm. Like, if you did read the book, I'd love to know that comparison. Like, how much different was it than the other? But I say it's a show to watch. Definitely mm -hmm. a show to watch. I am surprised that it was Bunny that killed Little Man. Because I did think it was Pearl that did it. Um, like Pearl did it and then like you know the dad found out or something like that but the fact that it was Bunny I was surprised by it but I was very she I, when she realized this, that like you can't depend on a man you have to take care of it yourself I was like yeah that's exactly get what you gotta money. do <laughs> you gotta get it done that's right nobody gotta get her out of here <laughs> yeah she said if nobody ain't got my girls back it's gonna be me it's gonna be me and I said absolutely yeah. absolutely you got her out yeah saved her swooped in and saved the day we love to see it exactly you know, this kid was he couldn't figure out what to do he didn't know what he was gonna do 
distress. The the best friend she had, um, her mom's best friend, she had she was working on a plan, wasn't she? Yeah, she was gonna what like she was gonna this. try and sneak her out in the honeymoon suite and take her to London. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. And he said, Nope, he has to go and this is what we're gonna do. <laughs> he has got to go now. Yeah. Now. That drink nobody even thought twice. Yep. And mm-hmm. I do love the actress Mia Isaac in the show. She does a very great job at playing yeah, young Phoebe. She, she played that well. Her and the older version. Like I loved, I loved the car- the the casting on that one. Yeah, I think she's very talented, and I do. I honestly can't wait to see what else she does because she was also on the show called Gray Matter, but I think they got mm-hmm. canceled. It was a movie, I think. Was it? Yeah, I think it was a movie. I, I think I tried to watch it. I was I wasn't that big of a fan. But... <laughs> I like her. Oh my no. gosh! I love how you said you tried to watch it. Yeah, I did. It was kind of boring to me. I don't know, but I loved her in this. So mm-hmm. she redeemed herself for me. Yeah, the casting for that show, Black Cake, was fairly good. Like you said, like. Everybody, the kids, the adults, the parents, they all do look very similar. Yeah, they thought about it. They made everyone make sense. Mm-hmm. Even the Chinese American or Chinese Jamaican dad, it was kind of like, okay, this is what happened. You got this as her mom. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Great. Everyone does really fit into the show. Um, I think that definitely my, fa- my favorite part of the show is just the journey of the discovery in Covey's story. And one thing that I really do love is the fact that this isn't something that I've seen before in television. Um, I think that there are a few things that need to be tweaked and a few things that need to be polished. But overall, this is such a unique story and it is pretty well done um, for a black cake. And I loved it. I loved every moment of it. And I think it's really great to have a show like this because there aren't a lot of pieces of media for when you learn something about your parents. And it's not something crazy like, oh, my parent was a spy. My parents mm-hmm. are a superhero. Yeah, I'm ha- I'm half a demigod. Like, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> you know? It's not something that's outlandish. It's like, my mom went through this very traumatic, very difficult time in her life that could be very similar to any other immigrant story coming to this country. And a lot of kids will not learn that because parents don't want to open up about those things until they are literally on their last breath. And that's when you learn about it. Yeah. And I think that was the importance of Benny and Byron's characters. It was like, they were actually learning about their mom, Mm -hmm. which was sad. It was learning after, but like some people never get to learn their secrets and they were, they were finally getting to like understand who she really was. Mm -hmm. It was a lot, but yeah. It was, they needed to know. They did. And coming to terms with the fact that your parents are people and they've lived this whole life before you and the experiences that they have are similar to yours is not an easy thing to come to terms with oftentimes. Yeah. Especially via a flash drive. (laughs) (laughs) Via flash drive, probably top 10 worst ways to find out. Mm -hmm. Watching that unfold is definitely a story you have not seen before. Especially yeah. from the black perspective. Uh-huh. 
And I love that there is the first gen experience tied into the show. Um, I do wish that there were parts of Benny's story that were just written a little bit better. You know, I, I don't know. Maybe season two is for her. I feel, feel like we'll get less of Cuffy in season two and more of the kids. And maybe mm-hmm. that's when they'll start like actually giving us more like finite things about them. Maybe. I mean. Maybe. It also could a... be about Mabel, so. <laughs> I, I'm hoping for it, but I also feel like this is going to be one of those shows where they have a season one and then that's it. There's just like, I no. Know. I wouldn't know. I, the only, the, the real reason why I need them to have a season two is because I need to know what happened with Mabel and Geo's dad. That was yeah. really what piqued my interest. Like y'all left that completely no any type of avenue for me to go down. So. Yeah. I agree. I would love to see more of Mabel and Geo's relationship because she did just kind of leave in the middle of the night without any kind of explanation for her son. I'd be upset too. I'd be calling my mom like, where are you? She's like, California. Like, yeah. Okay. Probably did, but like they're they're all like running from something. Yeah. Running from their kids, selling their kids things. Yeah. Trying to protect their kids. Your children can handle it. Just be honest. You know. They grown at this point. <laughs> I mean, hey. So that was Black Cake on Hulu, guys. You can go stream it now. Season one is out. All eight episodes. Um, for the last check. sec. Sorry? I said definitely check it out. Oh, yeah. Definitely check it out. 110%. And for the last segment of the show, we're going to go into our recommendations. Uh, is there anything that you've been watching recently that you would like to recommend to listeners? Hmm. Yes. Um, Lawman Bass Reeves on Paramount Plus. That's been really good. Have you seen that one? I haven't heard of that. What is that about? It's about um, Bass Reeves, who was the first U.S. Marshal, black U.S. Marshal. Um, but it's taking a different spin on it because he's a black man in what, like the 18, 1900s. And the people they're having you arrest are most likely going to be black people. So it's like kind of this like, trying to be justice but is this justice kind of vibe that it has to it hmm. um what else am i watching you apple tv has the buccaneers on and monarch okay so monarch is a show that i have heard a little bit about haven't watched it yet uh buccaneers i've seen it around um i've seen people talk about it on uh tiktok mm-hmm they tell they don't they don't like the actresses and and acting in is that what you hear about it? No, I just see people <laughs> mention it. That's it. Everybody, I I don't. A lot of people don't like the main character. Um, if you ever seen Thirteen Reasons Why, she was in that movie too, or that TV show too. Um, she plays the the character Kanjita. I'm a fan, but if you're not into like period dramas, mm-hmm. it might not be your thing. I don't know how I feel about period dramas because. I mean, I I watch them for the most part, but I'm the kind of person where I have to really, like, give it a... Sh- I have to, like, let it marinate a little bit for me to really get into it. Like, Bridgerton, you know, I do watch that, and Queen Charlotte, we talked about that. So, yes. I... And I, I do... I watch Pride and Prejudice. 
<laughs> like yeah. for the first time this year, like last week I watched it because I would always see people reacting to it and talking about how much they love it. And I was like, I don't get it. And I fully watched the movie through and I was like, wow, I get yeah. it now. So, I mean, also Gilded cool. Age, apparently everybody, a lot of people watch Gilded Age. Love the Gilded Age. I okay. Well, I haven't watched the Gilded Age, once again, since it came out the first season. My friend and I watch it every Sunday. Um, mm-hmm. We love it, though. We, like, looked up everything because it's based on real-life people. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, like, watched it and we would look up the people and, like, see which parts were true and what, what wasn't. It's a very specific story, but it's it's kind of interesting. Okay. And definitely an interesting. Okay. So the Buccaneers, Lawman Bass Reeves. I just looked that up. That's with Danielle Ayelowo. Mm-hmm. Oh, David. David, yeah. Okay. Yes. It's a Western. It's a real Western type of action show, but I'm enjoying it really. Like, I'm very much enjoying it. I haven't missed a Sunday yet. Okay. I'm going to put that on my list. I'm going to have to check that out. Yeah. And then I'm just catching up on all my Showtime shows now that I have access again. Caught up on Yellow Jackets. I'm catching up on The Shy right now. Mm-hmm some random i'm gonna watch fellow travelers i hear that was really good i did start watching fellow travelers i only got through episode one because i was like Whoa, <laughs> let me take a break <laughs> let me sit down oh, okay I'm, I'm gonna give it a shot i've heard good things about it and it keeps coming up on my showtime now that i have it so i want to i want to try it but mm-hmm. and it got nominated for golden globes and it some somebody got nominated for something in that i mean uh, i wouldn't be surprised yeah, a lot of people were talking about it, so I'm gonna give it a shot. We'll see. <laughs> okay. Um, for me, I watched this show on Netflix called Lockwood and Co. I don't know if okay. you've heard of it. Uh, I've heard of it, but I haven't seen it. Okay. It's actually very, very good. So it's this supernatural show. It's about this young girl. And it's set in London. I'm not exactly sure like what time period it's set in really, but essentially there are these kids that can see ghosts. And if you have like this gift, they send you off to school and they try to like enroll you and enlist you in like a league where you go and fight ghosts. Cause they're like, ha- they haunt London and you have to like join it. And their parents will send them away to join these like leagues or like these agencies and the money you get goes directly to your family. So these parents are essentially sending their kids off to like war yeah, Yeah. to fight ghosts. And this girl, she, I believe runs away from the agency she's with and she joins a detective agency. It's a really small one run by um, this like rich white kid and like his, you know, brown best friend who is a little autistic and it doesn't get away get well with people. And, you know, of course, like, the show is actually fairly good. It is scary at times. It has a really mm-hmm. great story. Um, it is definitely, like, targeted more towards, like, teens. But I love it so much it's because... Scary? It, it's, it is scary. It does get scary. Okay. Just a tad okay, bit. I'll watch it daytime, man. Yeah. There's this um, thing that happens to ghost hunters. It's called getting ghost locked. And that basically... It happens when you see a ghost and they start communicating with you and you start to lose all agency and autonomy in your body. And then you start to lose your self sense of self. And it's very, it's a very dangerous part 
of ghost hunting. Another very dangerous part of ghost hunting is just dying. Because <laughs> if you touch a ghost, you die. Oh. So Okay. You- you okay, can. but you're making it sound interesting. I'm not yeah. scary. I don't love scary things. <laughs> I that's like the one genre I try to avoid at all all costs. Wait, but what? You're making it sound interesting. You don't so. watch horror? Mm-mm. No. I'm not trying to terrify. I will have eaten. No. I have to go to bed at night. <laughs> <laughs> oh I, my I, God. I that's like during Halloween, I have to like Google things or ask my friends because mm. uh, I've probably seen like three of those movies i'm not watching that mm. <laughs> not my thing but I've, I've i've done a couple scary tv shows i just have to watch them in the daytime so i'll add that because you just made that sound very good yeah it's it's a great show i loved it so much i watched it in a weekend and those are my favorite kind of shows on netflix watch it in a weekend girl let me start it right yeah. now I I'll watch a show in a day. I've I've done it. I can watch like two seasons in like three days. Oh my gosh, great great weekend. Just wrap it up. Uh, okay, well I'm gonna add that to my list. Lockwood and Co. You said yeah, Lockwood and Co. And then there's another show I watched recently. I actually just finished it after I finished um, School Spirits. It's called Heartbreak High, and the show starts with this these two best friends, and they went to a music festival together. And then, like, over the weekend, one of the friends has to talk to the other one. So then when they get back to school, Harper, who's, like, um, one of the best friends, she completely shaves her hair off, whole new look, gone totally goth, not talking to her bestie anymore. And then she tries to talk to her. She's like, what's going on? Why do you hate me? What's going on? And then she punches her in the face and starts fighting her in the middle of assembly, right? This is all in the first episode? This is in the first episode, okay? They're best friends. They've been friends since, like middle school and they have like this secret map of every single person that's hooked up with anybody in the school they have a key they have names they have lines drawn it's highlighted it's color-coded everything and it's hidden in this old abandoned stairwell in the school and what they find out is that someone has found the it's called the incest map but there's no incest on there thank goodness but they found it and of course the girl who like started it gets in trouble for it you know, and mm-hmm. all the drama from that just like feeds into the so show. Like the burn book, if the the Mean Girls burn book like got out like as a TV show. Okay. Yeah. What's, and what's that on? It's on Netflix. And it's called Heart Heartbreak High. Heartbreak High. Yeah. I feel like I've heard of that, but I didn't. I didn't know. I'm gonna write these down. Heartbreak High. Yeah. Lockwood and Heartbreak High. It is um, a really good show. And I would have to say for anybody who misses sex education, I feel like that will fill the hole. Okay. That sex education. Yeah. My sister was a very big fan of that show. She thought that it was the funniest thing that she's ever seen in that show. It is. She loved it. Did you ever watch sex education? I started it after she told me about it because she was just sitting there on the phone just laughing out loud i'm like dang you really like this show. <laughs> <laughs> she would call me and tell me about the characters i'm like yes. okay i'll watch it she's like oh this must be good okay i guess i'll check it out you know see what you like about it yeah i mean when i started watching the show it was just kind of like something i just randomly saw pop up in my recommended and a lot of times when i'm looking for something new on netflix i have to like scroll and scroll and scroll and i'm like searching and a lot of times when i just randomly pick something that's when i find the best shows 
you know? Yeah, I feel like Netflix is very, very good at showing you what they think you want to see. Mm-hmm. And I find that a lot of times when you look at other people's Netflixes or that, you're like, wow, I didn't even know this existed on here. Like, they never show you everything. Like, they have so much stuff I've never seen before and so much original stuff I've never seen before. But it's like, you have to either look really hard for it and, like, actually go through and search or you just have to get lucky and see it one day because mm-hmm. the list goes on and on. Yeah, that's very true. Because when I was looking through, like, the Excel sheet of Netflix's streaming numbers... I did not realize how many shows Netflix has. Like, yeah. the amount of titles they have on their platform is crazy. And I realized that, like, a lot of the titles might be from, like, you know, Netflix Great Britain or Netflix Australia. So it's not really, like, yeah. Netflix US or, like, Netflix Canada. So it's not, like, all the shows that we have access to. But it's still, there's still so oh, much on their yeah. platform. Yeah, I've literally gone on people's and, and been like, I didn't even know this side of Netflix was up here. Like, I've never seen any of these being offered. And it's like, that's because that's what they like. And they would, it just would never show you that. And I'm like, I would have, I would watch that Netflix. Yeah. No. <laughs> I would have liked that. I would have liked that one. <laughs> yeah. I was just given that a chance if he didn't like, you know. Never show it to me or put it yeah. in the back of one carousel three months ago. like <laughs> Exactly. Pigeonhole it or something. Yeah. yeah. It does get a little frustrating with Netflix sometimes. Um, there was one show I did watch. It's on Netflix. It's actually on uh, HBO Max. Well, Max. And it's called The Flight Attendant. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you've seen that. Yes. Okay. I, I was That was one of those really good Max shows that nobody saw because it was just on Max. Um, mm-hmm. But it, yeah, it was good. Oh, phenomenal. Actually, it's, <laughs> it's so I good. I mad that ended too. People were upset that was over, I think. I did like the show because I feel like it was very campy but also like realistic in a way because if you're somebody who were who was in that situation that that flight attendant was in you would not know what you're doing you know you would not know how to act and she didn't (laughs) but it made for a great show (laughs) yeah i think that show max i feel like one of the reasons why max is now starting to push all those to netflix is because it was so like specific like everyone wasn't didn't have access to that. Like there were a lot of shows that were not getting the visibility it needed to. It was like you watched Game of Thrones on Max, but you hadn't heard of like oh excuse me. You hadn't heard of the other shows that they had, like the flight attendant. So I feel like now that they're pushing those to Netflix, it's opening up a whole new door for them. Like mm-hmm. there's so many different originals that they have that just couldn't get onto yet. Yeah, because I had heard of Starstruck, but only in passing. And then when it popped up on Netflix, I was kind of like, oh, let me go ahead and like watch this. And there are a lot of shows that I love on Max that not a lot of people see. And like, I love Southside. It's one of my favorite Mm -hmm. shows ever. And I'm still sad it got canceled because I feel like that's one of those shows y'all could have had running forever. Like, I really feel like those are one of the shows they should just kept green lighting and green lighting and green lighting. Like, they do the Righteous Gemstones. Oh, my gosh. They do that. They, they've renewed that for, like, six or seven seasons. Who watches the show? Who? I mean, don't get me wrong. I have watched the Righteous Gemstones, and it is funny. But yeah. I find there are shows like Southside, and it's like, dang, you could have gave this one. If you were giving the Righteous Gemstones airtime, we could give them airtime. Mm-hmm. Definitely give other people, so. Also, Danny McBride, I, I feel like every show he's in... Or stars in or writes in, like somehow gets 
greenlit. Like, the Vice Principals, I've never seen that show. But somehow it's, it was, like, one of the most popular shows on HBO. Yeah. Max is always saying they have a lot of, like, really popular shows. But I think maybe because they do the TV series. Huh? I'm sorry. My mom just walked in. You're totally fine. I get it. <laughs> okay. We were saying about Max and like getting shows all the um, time. Yeah. What was I saying? I don't even remember now, but Max is Max and they're very choosy. They pick, they, they, I also think Max spends a lot of money on their TV shows. Like they will invest the money when necessary, but it seems to be only the big ones they really focus on now. So there has to be, there is something wrong going on at Max because just this, just yesterday, there was a tweet that Watchmen was taken off of, um, was taken off of Max, and then was it? no, it wasn't. That's the thing. There was a Why glitch. You do that? <laughs> there the was only a- place you can watch that one season. Why would they take it off? Apparently, there was a glitch, and it wasn't removed from the the uh, streaming service. But because that tweet got so much traction, so many people reacted to it, they had to respond and be like, no, 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 it's still on there. It's still on there. But of course, people were quick to believe that because HBO Max loves to remove series from their streaming service for no reason at all. Yeah, like, this is your show. Why are you taking it off? <laughs> yeah. And then there was a report that came out that apparently Max is at like a 60% chance of declaring bankruptcy, or at least David Zaslav is. And that was a little like, okay. Oh. I wonder if that's why they started selling things off, doing that licensing with Netflix and stuff then. Maybe. And they change, I mean, they definitely have done a lot of changes recently. I don't feel like their show content has falling off but like the choices they've been making i definitely have noticed like the licensing or stopping some shows and keeping other shows um so that's interesting i didn't know that i didn't know anything about them yeah it even changed they went from hbo to max this year Mm -hmm. why hbo i feel like hbo is what you called it yes so why would you get rid of that (laughs) Like, that was a big change for me personally. I was like, oh, it's not HBO. It's just Max. Sorry. Mm-hmm. I don't... Mm-hmm. I don't know why that's happening. It just seems really... It's really annoying that they did that. Um, one report that I read, the reason why they changed from HBO Max to Max was because they were, like, renewing certain contracts for, like, mm-hmm. writers and how to pay out certain renewals and residuals. And if they change the name of the service, they wouldn't have to pay out as much or wouldn't have to pay out to people at all. I will have to fact check that to be sure. But I read something along those lines when that was first announced and I was like, hmm, shady. Yeah, but even that sounds very like I need my money. Like I'm close to bankruptcy because why? That's a lot of work for that. Yeah. You know? Just so you don't have to pay people as much on the back end. Like, you still had to just rebrand everything <laughs> to Max. Like, they got a whole new app. So, mm-hmm. it definitely put something together now that you said that. Yeah, I might put a lot together. Mm. 
it's it's a little strange. Like streaming services now, I really don't know what they're doing. Um, I found out that apparently the Netflix movie Passing, which was directed by um, Rebecca Hall, is leaving Netflix UK, which doesn't make sense to me because it is a Netflix movie. So why would you be removing it from your platform? That's yours. I know that they do like release stuff differently on like, like I know some of my followers in the UK will be like, oh, we don't have this or we can't see this show. Mm-hmm. But I, if it's already out there, why? Maybe you're paying differently because it's now like maybe the UK has different residual rules than US. So it's like a, a time limit, but it's still yours, right? I don't know. Apparently there are a lot of, there are actually yeah. a lot of Netflix um, originals that are leaving Netflix. Like one being The Adventures of Puss in Boots, which was a TV show that was streaming on Netflix. And then also Final Space. Well, I don't think Final Space is a Netflix show. I think that was on TBS. But it's it's just a little... It's strange because when I saw that Passing was leaving Netflix UK, I didn't understand it. Because why would you remove your own? Yeah, your own thing. Yeah, that's your it, title. It must be. It must be how they have to pay people if they if they play in a different country. Because I know, like I know the writer strike rules are different. Writer rules are different in other countries because they're kind of expecting what happened over here to happen other places, but. Mm-hmm. I think it would be tied to how you pay people because maybe you can license it there for a year and after that, now you have to pay somebody X amount of dollars. You know, it has to be tied to that because other than that, why would you get rid of your own stuff other than it breaking your pockets? Uh, that's when streaming services usually, <laughs> yeah. that's when they start to change. They're not not extras. No, so. I, I don't know. It doesn't make sense to me. Like, Streaming services, it feels like they're just kind of like making up the rules as they go along. Yeah, but I feel like they can because they are only so many. Mm-hmm. And things are so specific to things like, like you look forward to certain shows that are only coming out on Netflix now. So it's like, if there's one streaming service people have, it's probably Netflix. Mm-hmm. Above most anything else, honestly. But Yeah, and that's why it's, <laughs> even with Netflix releasing... Um, there are numbers for um, January 2023 and June 2023. It It's not enough because how am I supposed to trust that these are accurate numbers? How am I supposed to trust that you guys didn't like flub these? And is this really the amount of transparency you're willing to give to us if we just look at streaming numbers? But when we think about cancellations and renewals and we think about how much writers are getting paid, how much actors are getting paid, we think about residuals and like how all that stuff, like, is it just the streaming numbers or is it like internet popularity? Is it like um, awards? Is it like acclaim? Is there something else? Like, I just need... I don't know, like a guideline, at least. As to like how they're making their money, you mean? As to how they're making their money or like how shows get picked for renewal and which shows get picked for cancellation. Yeah. That's something I've always wondered too because it's like, I know things cost a lot of money. Just the way streaming platforms are set up, it's like they're constantly churning out things Mm -hmm. and I'm guessing all the money comes in from people signing up for that. But it has to be other things because it can't just be, we're not signing up for Netflix at that rate. Most people I know were sharing up until they started doing this little 
you can only be in one household thing. So I I don't know how it's all set up and like the back end, but I agree. They probably are making up their own rules at this point, which was the writer's actor strike issue. Like mm-hmm. we're not about to just use my face. The AI thing was crazy. Like they were not into that. Yeah. Like, are you just gonna use my face and not me like that? No, you can't. In just perpetuity, do that. like what? Forever. Absolutely not. not. This works. <laughs> so, and I'll get any money. Yeah, it's because it's not me, but it is off of me. So, it is me, ish. <laughs> it sucks because like they tried. It's not even like the first time streaming services have tried to do something that is absolutely just like wrong in my eyes because i remember when michaela cole she was talking about um when she was creating the show i may destroy you she had mm-hmm. initially she wanted to bring it to netflix because she had her show black earth rising on netflix so she wanted to like shop it there um with that streaming service first and they told her like they'll pay her a million dollars outright for this but they're going to own the rights and she only gets a million dollars and that's the only payment she gets from this show. And this show is based on like her personal experiences. She wrote the show, she co-edited, co-directed every single episode. And because she put so much work and effort into something that's essentially her creation, it makes sense that she would want more from the show. Mm-hmm. She would expect yeah. to be given it's more from the service. Literally hers. Yeah. Yeah, a million dollars off of that is not enough. And for anyone to even offer that is like wild. It's my show. Mm-hmm. I, I made it. You're only a platform for it. Which I mean, we love the platform because that's what people are watching. But I, there's definitely equal opportunity in both areas for people to be making money off of this. And Netflix loves to repackage or reutilize their shows on their streaming platforms, on their YouTube channel, on social media all the time. So mm-hmm. she should be able to see those ducats as well. There's no reason why. Mm-hmm nothing yeah also i think paramount is like acquiring showtime now so now it's gonna be paramount with showtime there's like a it's kind of like they do with hulu like you can sign up for one through that other one but i didn't know they were acquiring them i think that they're acquiring them oh maybe they'll cut back on my showtime cost Did I sign up and they they literally increased it and like the next week it went up i was like wow one week I got it for $10. One week. No. I can't even think about what I would watch on Showtime. I think the only thing I watched on Showtime in my eyes would either be Yellow Jackets or it was a Desus and Mirror show. And that's not even a thing anymore. So it's only Yellow Jackets. I love them. They were on Viceland. That's when I started watching their show. Yeah. Man, I miss yeah, them so much. Those... Yeah, that was a good one. Yeah. No, I might have to go to the door really quickly in like mm. two seconds. Um, but, yeah. I'm just going to wrap up okay. real quick. Guys, I want to thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of I've Been Meaning to Watch That. Thank you, Jocelyn, for returning. I'm so happy to have you back again. I uh, hope you guys go watch Black Cake on Hulu. And don't forget to check out Jocelyn. She is also Jock Watchlist on TikTok. So yes. go follow her on there and follow her on all the socials. They'll be linked down below. And don't forget to check us out on all our socials, TikTok, Twitter, all those things. And don't forget to, you know... Um, Share with your friends and tell your friends about your new favorite podcast. I've been meaning to watch that. And we will see you guys next week. 
end of the episode. Bye. Bye. Okay.